Hey guys, this is Jim Fix, a.k.a. Fillmore. For those of you who love QF, a podcast about Howard Stern, and would like to donate some money, there's two ways now you can do it. Uh, You can join our Patreon page, which is listed in the graphic you're seeing now. But also, if you'd rather not do a subscription-based thing, even if it's a buck a month or what have you, uh, you can use our PayPal account, which would be jimfix76 at gmail.com. And you can donate whatever you like, however you like, uh, one of those two ways, and we'd more than appreciate it if you'd like to do so. Thank you very much. It seemed to me like it was a love story that a month later you were divorced. It wasn't a month later. It was several years later. Come on. No. What do you, come on? What am I lying? Yeah. I'm telling you, what do I got to lie for? I'm divorced over 10 years now. I, I, I have to make that up for You've been with Beth for like nine, right? Yeah. All right, well, would you get like divorced and then meet Beth the next day? Just about, yeah. No. I got divorced after I actually... I was separated. And I've been... And then I got divorced. I don't know. It was a... Look. It was a year or two. I'm not good with dates. But the fact is... That uh, when I did the movie... Uh, you know. What can I tell you? I, I was... I thought my marriage would hey, last forever. Like, Should have. Like the answer the question right now. Yeah. I'm like Mushmouth over there. <laughs> that, that's the best I can do, John. I was I was gay way before I met Beth. <laughs> I la- I have a wide varying interest level. No, you don't. Yes, I do. When it comes to media, you have a very gay interest. Yeah, level. I love Smallville. Beth doesn't make me watch Smallville. What do you think I do? Everything Beth wants. My girlfriend speaks fluent French. No. Yeah. So she. Yeah. No yeah. So she knows what standard. Like she she she. she but she's uh, shy about it. But she she, like she could say to the waiter, "Who blah 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 blah." Oh, that's great. And, I, and I'm like, wow, that's cool. That's I, I respect anyone who could speak another language. That's a classy bro. She could speak German, French, and English. How'd she learn all that? Yeah. Well, when she was in Europe, she just picked up the language. Oh, when she was in Europe? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Beth always says to me, you know, you're much older than I am. You're 19 years. What am I going to do when you're dead? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I go, honey. Can I have a party? Let me tell you something. Can I have a party? <laughs> Oh, look, now we know how Robin's thinking. Oh, wow. No, baby. Now you're going to say, I'm making a you're joke. You're fucked up. Oh, I didn't even stop. I'm, I'm a dark motherfucker. And my mind didn't even go there. Wow. You guys are ridiculous. You suck. How dare you? Okay. You wow. We're busy yesterday shopping for her birthday gift. You're, you're you an are asshole. shameful. Come on. You know why I'm here. Wow. Says everything wow. to me. You're closer to him. You're a girl. Ouch. That's why it's a that joke. Hurt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, not from you. Oh. You're not that funny. I got news I was thinking she's going to have to wait a long time. I mean, you've got like jeans on your side. You're going to be like 150 well, years old. Well, I said thank you. Feel. I said to her. It's a joke. Yeah, okay. She doesn't have to start planning for the party for you. Welcome, everybody, to the part two of the February breakdown thus far. Uh, this is QF, a podcast about Howard Stern. I'm your host, Fillmore, a.k.a. Jim Fix. And with me, of course, is our breakdown mistress of the night, Raven Alexis, your favorite. Ooh. And she did, an, <laughs> a, as like I said, her continual uh, thorough job of clipping all of the month of February, minus the days he was off. But uh, she requested a special Photoshop for this series of breakdowns, and I'm doing like a whole series of them on the same theme based on what I can get online. Can you explain the f- fagulous gambit? <laughs> sure. Hey, everybody. Um, I like the Queen's Gambit, and I asked Fillmore to do some photoshops for the breakdowns, especially because this was something that Wiggy talked about. 
he is a chess player, was, I'm not sure, but he often talked about this. And it was funny because who is a bigger queen than anybody else we know? And that's Wiggy. So it played on so many levels. And the show was good, the Queen's Gambit. I'm a fan of it. But that has nothing to do with the photoshops. It's just purely the idea of him touting it, him being an awful chess player, him being oh, a yeah. queen. Yeah. And the idea of a gambit is something that's calculated to gain an advantage over somebody else, whether you're talking chess or warfare or, in his case, verbal warfare, mm-hmm. which he often does in his passive-aggressive fights with Robin and Beef. Yep. So I thought it was just too good to pass up. And I asked that we could use it for the breakdowns. So and enjoy. So what's what's the name? Is it Anya Taylor-Joy? Is she the main actress? Is that her name? I believe so. Okay. I, I, I apologize for cutting off her head and putting wigs there because I actually like her. I think she's a good actress. And... Uh, the uh the but it just worked out so well i so i gave i sent raven the initial the head on the face like face you know a face to face shot and then there's another like uh alternate photoshop that's just a side by side shot and i added a little <laughs> little text on a book i added like a bugs bunny style animated book <laughs> that says uh chess for 79 iq or something chess for low iqs and stuff like that nice so it's just you know the devil's in the details matthew schultz will know all about that the little things in the photoshop is what makes it pop at any rate we're going to go right into february 10th uh and we're going to talk about jazz now we're going to need a little help with as i needed help with olivia jade and hunter schaefer required a little bit of research who who the fuck is jazz all right so jazz was a boy who early on decided he wanted to be a girl and the parents were in support of that and tlc has managed to make a show with five uh, four seasons starting in 2015 when Jazz was, I believe, 16 or 17. So I think she's 21 now. Um, I know the numbers aren't adding up there. Uh, I'm a little cloudy on that part. But the important thing is Jazz has been taking hormones for a long time. So Mm -hmm. Jazz has started to develop as a woman, but still has had boy parts. And we're going to hear Wiggy's take on how fascinated he is on this TLC show that covers her her parents her boyfriend and all her private parts so that's jazz now the show i think is still going on but i haven't seen it i've only seen uh still photos on google and i've heard way too much on the show actually and it's just not my cup of tea for tv watching so i think that the fact that he is so into it and that's also the show with the thousand pound sisters it's um the 600 pound life mm-hmm. he's he's totally into these um really extreme lifestyle shows and uh whether it's projection jealousy i'm not sure but we'll see what? in the clips you guys can determine for yourself i mean you don't have to take our opinions as gospel it's yeah. just uh it's not what we want to hear at 7 a.m in the morning right <laughs> off the bat about how deep is your vagina or Using body parts from her asshole and her stomach to make a new vagina. I just, I can't. I mean, I haven't even had breakfast. I'm still working on my coffee or my tea. And it's just not, 
It's just so hard to type. <laughs> You're but finding it hard. That's, that's <laughs> finding it my hard life, to en- so. Impossible to ingest your blue waffle after that. Now, I will say the 600-pound sisters or whatever the fuck they're called, that one is not some, that's not something we're going to say he wants to look like that. He just loves seeing people that are the complete opposite end of the spectrum of what he's trying to go for, which is, of course, Karen Carpenter. Um, and, uh, but with jazz, the whole, the whole transsexual thing or the transgender thing, it's right up, right in his wheelhouse. And again, we don't, we don't, I don't know of anybody this fascinated with in my life. I know hundreds of people. I do not know anybody this obsessed with being transgender or, you know, watching this stuff. It's not fascinating to me. Like to me, it's almost mocking to be so like to be so involved in it. You'd have to have some ulterior motive, yeah? I think we kind of went through this when Caitlyn Jenner became a woman. Mm-hmm. We, like, the whole shock of that sort of blew open the doors for people. And nowadays, it's really not shocking. It's not no. anything to take note of. It's it's to each their own. Yeah. If that's what your path in life is that you choose, so be it. But um, for him to pontificate about this and use his parents as a sounding board mm-hmm. for what he would have wanted or how he would have handled it or what they would have sounded like if this was him if he exactly. was jazz there's a lot of projection so that's why i clip these i okay i'm trying to give people a fair share of what we listen to good bad ugly mostly ugly and um but hang in there because we're going to get to a good foo fighters interview after this for sure. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so clip number one, guys, is Meet Jazz. Yeah. I'm a little tired today. I uh, was up late last night watching I Am Jazz. I watched that. Do you watch I Am Jazz? What is that? This is the, a 17-year-old dude who, you know, used to be a dude. Now he's a transgender. Now he, now oh. he's a she. And... uh She's getting ready for her bottom surgery. Do. And I've been, I've been. Oh, wow. Where's yeah. this on your crazy discovery channel where you see the fat people and all that? <laughs> so rough. Wow. Dirty, you know. <laughs> so she didn't know. She, if she says, she says she didn't know what it was. I believe her. There's no reason to lie. True. I don't see any reason for that. I, who knows? It it yeah. doesn't really matter either way because Robin's going to play it off as, oh, it's that crazy fat person show that you watch channel. And <laughs> it, like I said, the anger's building. Yeah, she, she absolutely she fucking hates that. Tucked away. So, yep. Whatever else is being tucked away. Yeah, like the quarters in her gun. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's on TLC. It's a, it's the same <laughs> channel as um one thousand pound sisters. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I got Tammy and Amy, thousand pound sisters, who are it's probably the best television, even better than The Bachelor. My my bad guys, I got the weight all wrong. Thousand pound sisters, my six hundred pound life. I'm losing. I, I'm losing. <laughs> my memory is going in my old age. Number two, uh, it's Wiggy sashaying happily about Jazz's titties, and I can't even believe we haven't stricken titties from the lexicon. But here we are. Everything. I've gone through her entire high school years, but now she's doing like a homeschooling thing. So I oh, uh, Jazz is that young that she's in Jazz is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She knew she wanted to be a a chick since she was like a kid and uh, Uh she started on hormones. And this is great. Now, finally, we're up to her getting her vagina. (laughs) Finally, 
finally is the word he chose to use. Like he's yeah. been waiting for this. This is this is his I shot who shot JR moment. <laughs> <laughs> Other people were like, did Scully really get, did, did, you know, did Mulder, was it Mulder or Scully that got kidnapped? Was it, it was Scully, Mulder. Scully got abducted. Abducted. Sorry. Okay. So, you know, there are cliffhangers and there are cliffhangers, guys. And when you're waiting for some guy to get his, his dick carved into a vagina and that's your, you know, that's your cum shot of your show, maybe you might have some issues you want to talk to the shrink about a little more. Yep. This is his 67 year old life. This yeah. is what we get. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one sec here. And, uh, you know, she's always had cock and balls, which bums her out. For a while, she was going to get titties, but because she's been on hormones since she's so young, she's got a big Jeez. rack. Huh? I mean, not as big as you, but, like, she's got a... <laughs> is anybody else thinking meatloaf in Fight Club? <laughs> <laughs> Bob? <laughs> Decent size. I'm just going to say a B or a C cup. And she even said, Jeez. I got enough titty now. The doctor even said, do you still want to get top surgery? And she was like, fuck no, I got titties. Titties. <laughs> uh, bigger than most, oh my you know. God. Yeah, she's got major titties. I'm so happy for her. No no, uh, no top surgery. Okay, guys. Um, I'm a bit at a loss, but we're going to continue. Number three, wig jealous of jazz. In the fucking pants. So now her parents are like so involved with her. Like. I'm kind of jealous because my parents had nothing to do with me. Well, if you had had these uh, issues, maybe they would have gotten involved. <laughs> yeah, I could just imagine my parents. Um, <laughs> Mom, I'm thinking maybe I want to be a woman. Why did you say? I said, <laughs> I'm thinking about it, and I think I'm trapped in the wrong body. If that isn't a cry for help right there, him imagining talking to his parents as if he was jazzed. I don't know what is. So let's keep listening and let's hear what else he has to say. Mm -hmm. I agree. Let's continue all that jazz. I'm actually not a boy. I'm a girl. Listen, what did he say? You got to hear. Hold on a second, <laughs> Howard. You got to hear this. Howard says he's a girl. What? He says he's. Trapped in the wrong body. He's some some kind of, he thinks he's a woman. Now, this is the thing. He is dressed in drag so many fucking times. And we talked about this with the recent um, Robert Plant breakdown. Sam and I did the first half anyway. And he, he was, because he was calling, uh, he was calling Robert Plant a, a fruit. Meanwhile, he's dressed in drag for the Miss America promotion, the cover of the fucking book. Um, the right. inside of the book, like, you know, and then going on Letterman, he went on a number of talk shows over the years in drag or in dresses, did a Christmas card with Beth, did a calendar shot. I think if I'm not mistaken, no, it was a Christmas card, two Christmas cards and had he, he, he and loves pretty woman. <laughs> we have yes. of, <laughs> the, the evidence <laughs> mounts where you need two courtrooms to to fit it all in. Go ahead. Yeah, there was a photo shoot, I remember, where he was dressed up like Madonna for the Channel 9 show. You got it. And that was like a bustier and uh, stockings and the wig and the full makeup that took hours to put on him. Of course right. it does. Yes. Poor poor makeup artist. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, keep going. Sure. I, I didn't even mention Tula the transsexual on the Channel 9 show and that friggin' that, you know, him dressing as a, what do you call her? Um 
I can't remember, but either way, it was just another excuse to put on a dress and makeup. There's a woman. Who's a woman? Howard. <laughs> Who? Howard's a woman now. And isn't uh, as tired as that impression of his parents has become, like it's really destroyed now. He, he's ruined it. It's getting worse and worse. Like every time he does it, it's just there's less and less energy, less. Cre- it used to be fast. It used to be very, very quick. Yeah, it's really trailed off in these last couple of years, especially this year. I think mm-hmm. his voice is starting to give out because you can hear it um, squeaking or almost like that puberty voice that a guy goes through where it yes. cracks mm-hmm. and the the he sounds more like his parents when he's just ranting like yes. let me tell you something and mm-hmm. he's talking in his own voice not their voice when mm-hmm. when he sounds more like them and you can hear all the times we've heard those impressions coming through when he's just talking <laughs> normal ironically he always wanted to sound like ben but he really sounds almost 100 percent like ray mm-hmm Number four, Wiggy wants to be a chick. Now, Howard says it's a medical condition, and he thinks he was born in the wrong body. What a moron! He's a <laughs> moron! He, he looks terrible as a man. Can you imagine as a woman? <laughs> we know. We've seen both. <laughs> Your father can't believe it. I know I'm listening to this conversation. Maybe you could spare me. Maybe you could talk about me behind my back. <laughs> the way you are right now. and how You've made a fucking career of trashing your parents behind their backs. And then to their face, of course, too. I won't, I won't deny that, guys. <laughs> what did he say? He says you're being insensitive, Beryl. Insen- what? Insensitive. Insensitive. I give him insensitive. You know what he needs? He needs. A big punch in the face. <laughs> We're just that, too that stupid. That cures everything. <laughs> if you offered everybody like a buck, if you just if you said like you pay a, like five bucks, ten bucks to line up and punch him, you'd make a million dollars in terms of oh, the fans. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know, like instead of the uh, what is it, kissing booth, or you know, like you know, like the those right. things where you sh- you fire a baseball and the person goes into the dunk tank and stuff. You'd you'd never run out of money. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm good for two fifty. Put me down yeah. right now. <laughs> He's like just bumbling. <laughs> um, I never heard he's gonna be a woman. He's six foot five. He needs a he needs a third option. Well, did yeah, you I mean, hear that he doesn't? Okay, the next clip I believe ties into this because you've done such a good job of putting it into little pieces. How deep is your vagina? And all I was thinking was <laughs> the Bee Gees. <laughs> yes, thank you. You know, the I, two were so insensitive. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, I just had a musical theme with some of these titles yeah. for clips, and I, I'm glad you caught on to that. Thanks. Sometimes, sometimes I'm not I'm not as well versed in some things, but every now and then I, I do I do <laughs> I get the beach ball. I swing at the beach ball. But if this is you know uh, Bruce Jenner got the surgery, a lot of people have gotten the surgery. Howard says a lot of people got the surgery. Who cares? He says. He's got to transition. Yeah, he's transitioning to a moron. <laughs> that was complete out of the womb, incidentally. Your yes. father says you're transitioning. I know I'm transitioning to a moron. Oh, my God. You two are terrible. You're going to look like a Frankenstein in a dress. <laughs> oh, That's an on-the-fly wig original. 
<laughs> there's there's no written bits for this. This is him on the fly. He thinks he can still do it and he can't. Um, th- this is the thing that kind of disturbs me. And I know Bob, when you when you get a chance to to listen to this, that's Bob D. Chicago, aka Chicago Bob. But um, and we our, our heart goes out to you. We know you're going through a bit of a rough weekend. Um, the the thing is. Not only, as I said in the first breakdown that we did for February, this isn't normal, but it's beyond, it's, it's beyond abnormal. This is very psychologically disturbing when you hear it. And I can't imagine it was any less so when you first heard it. This is some new territory that he has never quite gotten into. And it, it's opening up a whole nother side of him. I mean, mm-hmm. He's done female voices or Southern voices, but to do, you know, his parents fighting with him over this comes out to me as, you know, he's played this out in his head millions of times mm-hmm. and he's had this conversation and probably with Ralph or somebody else, <laughs> probably Ralph, who am I saying, somebody else, but it, Another it's, man. Just, it's so bizarre yeah. and this is like multiple days yes. within two weeks, I would say three to four days. We had large segments of this where it's 20 to 30 minutes of just back and forth of him and his parents. And so I, I tried to find the stuff that would encapsulate this best for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so and what we're basically saying also is that this is his mandate. You don't get this on the air unless he wants to talk about it. Right. He has total control over everything that makes the air. So right. this is usually right off the bat, first thing in the morning. This mm-hmm. is like him shot out of a cannon like i'm so tired but last night i watched i am jazz and blah 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 blah, blah and he doesn't <laughs> shut up for 30 minutes but he's so tired what? I, wonder, I wonder i love when you're going right out of the rob zombie music the way you had rob zombie music and you start talking about trans <laughs> how many wait how many rob zombie fans are doing that he's to go to a psychiatrist with the hormones I mean, I, I didn't accept him as a boy. I wouldn't. Why am I going to accept him as a girl? <laughs> you have two daughters now. You two are being transphobic. I I want to become a woman. I want to become a woman. I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to become a woman. <laughs> That's the truth. Shut up. That's the absolute truth. Like I think mm-hmm. we're hearing. So I That's... think we're hearing spontaneous sincerity. That's why I clipped it. I had to. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. were. We were like, did we just hear what we heard in the thread? But it's it's exactly right. And projection or subconscious, it's just subversive at this point. And that's the torture we have. And how many clips do we have over the years have I've got on various channels saying, you know, he wouldn't, they would, my parents would never accept me if I was gay. And I've got, I've got, and I'll play those. I'll got some new intros for you guys. You'll hear them over time. And he's absolutely, it's ironic. He said, you know, the, uh, uh, he said that Ray tried to set his cousin Stacy up on dates and all this crap. And yet, like, maybe, maybe yes, maybe no. But it was very different if it was going to be one of his own, one of her own kids that was gay. They would not have accepted mm-hmm. that at all. So, and I believe that. I believe, you know, they were liberal, but to a point. Shut up! <laughs> Tell him I, I still hate him no matter what he is. <laughs> So Your father said something. I won't repeat it. Oh, don't worry. I heard it. Believe me. <laughs> I, I had a feeling when he he can't even throw a ball. Wonder. <laughs> he's good. He's good with gargling balls, but throwing them not so much. There's only about ten seconds left. Do we go through the rest of it or just continue? 
Uh, you can continue. I don't think okay. there's too much else here. Let's see. Your father says you're the daughter he never wanted. <laughs> yeah, here. Oh, yeah, that would have gone over real big. If I... Oh, boy. I'm thinking of that video of um, the remember the old home movies where Ben kisses uh, already. He kisses Ellen, the, his daughter, on the lips. Mm -hmm. And then Howard's like, hey, me, me, me. I want some, too. And he's like begging. Like he's really like, I want in on that. It works in two levels. Number one, he's just a selfish attention seeking whore. Second of all, he really wanted man lips on his own. <laughs> yeah. So, okay the next one exactly number through five why wow, my parents wouldn't let me cut off my dick <laughs> i'm jealous because jazz's parents are like they take her to all her doctor's appointments like they're they're sitting there with the doctor and the doctor's talking about giving her a vagina and, they, and the doctor goes hey are are you are are you orgasmic uh, you know because you know she'd be, and she's like no i've never had an orgasm how deep do you want your pussy? You know, if this is the same thing he asked Siobhan last time Siobhan was on the on the um, on the air. And he when she said it's part of the theme, uh, I can't afford socks. So I'm glad you're doing well. And then um, <laughs> he was saying, can you achieve orgasm with your you know crevice or whatever the fuck it is when it's not? I mean, is it a real vagina? I don't know. You guys call it what you like. But um Either way, she said, yeah, totally. And he was fascinated. He wasn't mocking her. He was being serious as cancer. Yeah, he's got true interest in knowing all the details as far as orgasm, feel, mm -hmm. depth. It, it just, it's amazing. Like, I, I, if I was interviewing somebody like that, these are like some of the last questions I would ever ask them. Like, there would be so many more relationships Mm -hmm. base questions and mm -hmm. you know parents and adopting children but no he doesn't get into any of that he's more no. fascinated with the biological side and what you know what it feels like what they go through where does it come from how do they he, and he, you know his 79 iq has no <laughs> ability to understand half of that like just throw some biological terms at him and his, his head will spin off so yeah Speaking it's sad so speaking of which, I just mentioned Siobhan, how long do you think, because this is a shortened, let's call it season, a shortened year of contract days that he's got to do now in the new contract, we, we've established that. Do you think with even fewer days we hear from Siobhan again on the show, just because he's, that he's going down that avenue? He's really running out of uh, former whack packers. I mean, we've mm -hmm. lost Bigfoot pretty much after he burned that apartment down, mm -hmm. and Beat is a no-go, nope. plus a lot of them just i think have disappeared and and mm -hmm. so will we see siobhan back i don't know uh even as a phone i hope, not. He's, I hope he's, not me too i really i i feel bad enough for her and i want her to just have a life but yeah i i can't imagine what her life would be like right now and unless she's getting paid i don't want her back yeah uh, so I'm the same, except for uh, he, he can abuse a high pitch Eric all he wants. Again, I could give it. I don't give again, guys. I don't give a fuck about that particular whack backer. Oh my like, god! And the well, parents they, they are sitting it. right there. Yeah, and then they're like, they're discussing five inches. They want deep, five inches deep, and the mother's like, make it deeper if you can. Oh <laughs> you know, like they wow. make a joke. Yeah, uh, I would like to be reparented by Jazz's parents. Yeah. They let her do everything, and they're nice to her. 
what a fucking cocksucker. Your parents let you do everything you ever wanted to do. I'm sorry. I, this uh, I just get fucking irritated when that starts when the talk starts going down that road. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so crazy to think that his parents are in their 90s. His dad's like 96 or just turned 97. Yep. And this is how he's going to shit on them. Mm-hmm. And people always ask. It's it's a great question. Like when his dad and or mom passes away, mm-hmm. is he still going to tell the same stories? Is it going to get worse? Is he going to retract what he used to say and make it nicey nice? No freaking way. It's nope. going to get uglier and worse. It's going to it's we're going to start hearing new made up stories oh, yes. about how awful it was for him when, in fact, we know he had everything handed to him and they just wanted him to have to be good at something. Mm-hmm. But he just gave up on things left and right. And that's, you know, all yeah. it came down to was daddy had a recording studio and would bring him in and bought him a car, shipped him off to, you know, 13th yeah. grade high school. Right. And <laughs> he just fell into shit the rest of his life. And Don Buckwald. Pretty much, yes. He came out of he came out of the swamp with diamond tiaras that I'm sure he would have liked to have worn, and uh, he was he was just he was a useless prick. People seem to forget that he was, by his own admission, he was talentless. And then he still, but he's complaining about how, you know, they they wouldn't support him. They did support him. They tried, and he just failed at every fucking avenue. Even radio, Ben was saying like, "You're not good. You you don't have a good voice," and he didn't. This is why he's got the super deep Ben voice, the Ben modulation years later because he always sounded like Kermit. So mm-hmm. anyway, uh, let's continue. Poor Jazz. Jazz is getting like the uh, "This is your life" treatment on the Stern Show. <laughs> My parents would have given me fucking shit. All right, Jazz. Home and told them I'm going to be a girl. You know, I always wanted to be a girl, but I couldn't even talk to my parents about it, for God's sake. So, you know, I had to to straighten out. (laughs) uh, That's not a joke. uh, Give it up uh, on that dream. (laughs) Yeah. It's. uh, Case closed, Your Honor. That's it. I I mean, (laughs) I I don't think we need to play any more of these. If I have, oh, I, oh gosh, there's, there's more. We've got balls and peen and then there's call of duty. Oh, (laughs) Sophie's choice. Uh, (laughs) Call of duty. You want to go for that one? Okay. Yeah. The good news is you took hormones, so you've got a very feminine look and all everything. But the problem is you took so many hormones that your peen is there's almost no balls and almost no peen, and we need your balls and peen to create the new vagina. Right. Right. Oh, geez, so, I never thought of that. She's got microphallus, you know, the same condition I have. <laughs> Which, by the way, he doesn't have. She, Allison for years said no, he's normal. It's just, just, you know, whatever. He's a grower, not a shower, uh, and maybe not much of one. Are we going to go with Wiggy, the wayward woman, next? Uh, I'm even thinking just skip to Welcome Holly. Okay, we're going to bring up Holly. Now, um, can you explain Holly before we go into it? Robin asked Wiggy what his name would be if he was a woman, and he said Holly. Interesting. (laughs) As in Hollywood. Hollywood, Holly. I had a secret desire to become a woman. It just wouldn't happen because my parents, (laughs) there was no, like, I couldn't approach my parents and tell them I was uncomfortable living in a black neighborhood. Like, that would be something you might want to bring up to your parents. I'm having a difficult time. I'm an outcast. Uh, You know, I I used to live in a white neighborhood. I'm not sure how to. No one ever asked me. No one ever said to me, gee, how are you adjusting to this change? And all your friends have moved away. 
And, and this is something Sam and I discussed, and you and I have discussed in various podcasts. He he suffered from being essentially very introverted anyway. So it was always like it's not not necessarily a, a race related thing. It was a personality related thing where he would have trouble anywhere he went. And it wasn't because his friends left, which can be traumatic when your kid moves schools. Absolutely. I switched from one school to the next between fourth and fifth grade and my grade suffered. Absolutely. Um, but uh, I did mm -hmm. make friends. I made new friends. You, you adapt. As a kid, you learn to adapt to these things. Unless you're an army brat and you're constantly moving. And that's that's really rough uh, on, on that that kind of lifestyle for kids. But you, could, you what's your thoughts on this? He's a... Uh, it's not a black thing. He later, he and soon when we get he, into March, he, he recants and he goes, "It was very, Polish people that beat me up." Right. Well, that that's the the ever changing story. But yeah, it um, it is probably true that he was shy and he didn't mm -hmm. know how to express himself or how to make friends, how to find ways because he was all about himself. He was always concerned about himself rather than other people. So he couldn't ask questions about other people and get to know them. That's part of friendship. Sure. That's part of socialization skills. Yeah. So he just never had that. That that was just, it's innate, his MPD, I really believe. He was born that way. He yeah. was always concerned about himself first and what, you know, in that video you mentioned of him tugging on his dad's jacket, like, well, what about me? I get a kiss too, right? Don't I mm -hmm. count? Mm -hmm. And so even at a very young age, at like five, or six, he you it's documented on a home video mm -hmm. that it was all about him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think he just never was interested in others, and he always thought people should just flock to him, and that's maybe why he wanted the Playboys. That's why he wanted the puppet show and the alcohol and the cigars and anything to lure in people to make him look like he was the cool happening guy and that they would want to be his friends because he could bribe them with those things. But he just, he was all concerned about him. It's, it's, he has no concern for others. It's, it's amazing to me because I am complete opposite in so many ways, but I, Hey, he's like that crazy, you know, minority of people that have this disease. Well, so you think he was born uh, NPD up completely and that that the Playboy thing, for example, wasn't Ray trying to keep put him on the straight and narrow, so to speak. It was him going like, if I have these, I can have guys come over and I can look at them fucking whacking off and uh, their hard dicks or whatever. And then um, it's like a kid has the Fisher Price, Price, you know, parking lot set and all the kids want to go and play or are the best Lego. And so you don't think that the puppet show stuff that Ben put together for him and all the radio stuff was Howard really showing an interest. It was if I have these, it's a draw for for other like classmates. Yeah, I think his transactional relationships go back even to early childhood. Wow. I would love to hear Bob D's, Bob D's thoughts on this because wow, that's a, I think that's great... it is possible. Yeah, that, I'd, I'd love to hear his take on that. Absolutely. Whenever, whenever we get around to the next uh, installment of um, NPD, because that, that fascinates me. I never, never even occurred to me on that level. So way to go. Uh, you, you know, the black people don't seem to like you. Nobody <laughs> noticed a thing. You know what I mean? So if I had something like I want to become a woman, forget about it. I'm lost. If I had something. Okay. Holly part two. We're going to continue. Would you my son? I'm your daughter. I wish you would call me your daughter. And how do they keep calling Let's... you Howard? What's your new name? And my new name is uh, uh, Holly. 
<laughs> Listen, Howard. Holly. Howard. I named you Howard. You were a perfect little baby. Fuck, Bob. You're going to have fun with this one. I, I know that much. <laughs> the next one is called Wig Stirred Up. And uh, I'm assuming it means he's uh, pulling his pud. Yeah, he got fired up about jazz. This is the last oh. jazz one. Okay. It's great. It's all great. <laughs> oh, man. But I it stirred up something in me when I was I watching see. the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, wow, these parents are going to, and then when they, you know, the mother's like, make her pussy fucking six inches deep if you can. I'm like, what a mom. Who does he think he <laughs> with? I don't know. Like, <laughs> Johnny. Oh, my fucking Lord. Yeah, please. All right. So I was just looking at that clip as you played it, and that was 53 minutes into the show. That was the first hour of the show that day. Mm -hmm. And so I took about 10, maybe 11 clips just from that yep. hour and that's what you just heard so that just saved everybody one hour of their life <laughs> but how crazy is that you know let's move on we've got so much more and just, so i think that pretty much sums up his feelings on jazz how he uses his parents and he has admitted you know like two or three times throughout that like i wanted to be a woman right so Hmm. Well, so we'll leave that. Then we'll we'll leave it to you, uh, the fans, in the comments, both on Podbean and on um, Twitter, and you know Facebook, and of course on YouTube. What do you think? I've thought for years that he's just he's just a fag, but um, now in this case, um, it I might be wrong. It might be completely in the other direction where he wants to be a woman, like he actually wants to change genders. So what's what's your take? We'd like to hear from you guys. I just like to add that being an MPD person, he's so into himself and wanting to be interesting and wanting to have people be into him, that if he could cover both the male and the female sides of sex and sex talk or mm -hmm. having all those parts that maybe, you know, he spent 67 years as one and maybe he's got 20 more years as something else, that that's just him being into him. Mm -hmm. And it plays into the whole MPD that we've talked about before. Now we're going into writing Ben Stern's obituary line through the magazine you know on the kindle and uh the sunday styles and it it's even recipes that food section they did an it's article amazing. oh they did an article on how to write an obituary and i said to myself this is so brilliant i've always had this panic feeling that when my parents go i mean they don't seem to be going anywhere because they you know <laughs> they're locked in that house no germs can get to them <laughs> they're too happy torturing you still yeah <laughs> When he says locked into that house, and this is someone, we have a new poster on Facebook uh, in our group saying that uh, they're not in a nursing home. They're actually in a um, retirement community. I believe it's a mix of both because Ben's in such a bad state. They've got 24-hour care helping him. So that would be kind of both, really. A lot and, of nursing homes are set up to look like townhouses or yeah. apartments. Right. So for him to call it that, it's kind of both, yeah. 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 Um, so, He's also stealing from the New York Times <laughs> on how to write an obit. How can you not love that? Yeah. Stealing from everybody because he doesn't have an original fucking thought in his own head. Yeah. And yet he doesn't say what he's going to write, but it, the rest of it will play out. And 
I think we all know what it's going to be like. This also dovetails into a clip I had on a channel, and I, I may dig it up again, about Artie had to give a eulogy at his at Grandma Caprio's funeral. And um, I, Howard was saying how he was just jealous of Artie's ability to, to you know, speak publicly. And as we know, <laughs> Wiggy has none of that ability, except when he's right. at the North Shore Animal League and he's <laughs> talking about pussy um, and not the kind of we, we most guys crave. So I think uh, that dovetails a little bit into that. So there, there's, you know, again, he just doesn't know what to say unless he has writers. Uh, they, they they need to be here to supervise me to the very end. I'm pretty sure they're going to outlive me. I really feel that way. But oh my goodness! Uh, and God bless them. I hope they do. I love them. But um, you know, this article: how to write an obituary. And you know, I've always been panicked because if I had to write an obituary for my dad, it would be a little complicated. Uh, you know, I love him, but he's also very critical of me. So I was going to say, do you really write? <laughs> Do you really write the truth <laughs> that he was actually a great dad, you fucking dickhead? <laughs> so, about never be the hurt. dad that was critical, or do you make no. him look? What? Now, now I have the answer because I had the New oh, York Times. I tell okay. you how to do it. That Ben basically he told him was the Bible, and he's got to follow the New York Times <laughs> like it was the fucking Torah. <laughs> okay, so the first we're getting into the Foo Fighters. So how long? Just incidentally, how long was the interview with uh, with Dave and Co? Two and a half hours. You've got to be f shitting me. Two and a half hours? No, it um started at nine oh nine. Okay. And it wrapped up at eleven thirty three. So ended up to two and a half hours on that. Uh, okay. Those poor guys are on the West Coast in the Sirius Studios recording while he was on air. And I know we have a lot of talk about is stuff pre-recorded. Yes. I don't believe this was. They actually talked about, they joked about being on cocaine and staying up all night, but they're just <laughs> being Foo Fighters funny. Oh, and okay. um, the whole thing didn't have any audio glitches. It didn't have any cutouts or any reverberations or any weird mm -hmm. sounds in it. So it actually sounded live and genuine mm -hmm. with two and a half hours. So I don't know. I think I got uh, 12, 13 clips on that. Easily. But there's some good stuff, too. I mean, they they don't take it easy on them. They kind of schooled them a bit in some yes. areas. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Okay. So this one's Saber Dance featuring the Foo Fighters. So I'll start the Saber music first. Hold on. Uh, this does take a little bit of uh, manual dexterity. It's been a while. Well, let me thank the band for doing it. I was one of the uh, people who was watching you Friday night. And I swear to you, every time it's the same reaction, I see this band. I want to, you know, not many bands make me anymore want to be in a band, but when you guys play, it is so tight. It is so remarkable. <laughs> I don't understand it. And, and the big question is, and Dave, be honest about this and, and, and do it in a serious manner. Can a musician be made or are you born a musician? You guys, okay. I was listening to Foo Fighters <laughs> guys. radio last night, and you guys were talking about on there how, like, when you first started out, you were music-obsessed. I think um, I think Chris was saying this. <laughs> you guys were like just obsessed with music and, and and everything musical. And 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 you, you know, you started playing the drums on pillows when you were a little kid. Is it 
is it that you were born with a talent and a wanting to understand the language of music? Oh God, we're almost through. Or is it something that through practice I could have been good enough to be in a band? Okay. There we go. Oh my. Don't you love one minute questions that go like totally off the tracks? The guys have got to be like, what was the question? Please? What what are you talking about? But that's yeah, that's how he starts an interview. I told you guys this is your obligatory this this is your obligatory SCTV reference. But we've mentioned uh, Brian Linehan, the famous infamous Canadian film reviewer and interviewer, and he would always have these long probing questions that were exactly the same, except SCTV. uh, Martin Short did a character called Brock Linehan, which was a takeoff on him, (laughs) and every the entire resource research department was incorrect. So he's like. Uh, he goes, uh, Egypt, 1957. You're swinging with the Rat Pack, you know. And Joey Bishop says to Linda Hopkins, please don't rile Frank. He's still upset over the Mia thing. <laughs> like, it's all this long, detailed shit. And the interview's going, like, sorry, you're mistaken. And um, I thought for a minute you clipped that. It sounded almost like you clipped just him and there was some interjection. But that was a full minute of just him. It was a one-minute question that he led off with about musical talent, which yeah. is like a, you know, a spot on our bingo board that says, you know, just, Oh my gosh. Are you either, are you in love with your, with your co-writer or yeah. did you, did you have talent as a kid? Did you play yeah. every day in your bed? Just so many questions. And, and is talent like Wiggy wants to know where talent grows. Like, yeah. does it grow on a tree? Does it come from you swallow it playing? Play. <laughs> next. <laughs> the next the next clip is <laughs> angling to be Foo Fighters inductor into the Hall of Fame, basically. And this is uh, when I when I heard the original clip that I go, yeah, absolutely. He is kissing. He is licking their fucking balls, waiting to get back into have a second shot at that infamous it, it, wait, <laughs> that elusive good rock and roll Hall of Fame speech. Yeah, go ahead. Well, he knows he can do this on Zoom now. So he yeah. doesn't have to leave his house and he gets the praise. Yeah. But they turn it. They they name two other people that would be good. Yeah. And they're members of the band, like Taylor and um, Pat also Pat. named his mom and Stuart Copeland as yeah. other inductors, which I loved. Great. Yeah. Who do you who do you want to induct? I would imagine that if you guys don't get inducted into the Rock Roll Hall of Fame the first time around, it would it would be comical to me. The band is so uh, good and so tight, and 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 then you have so many hit songs. If if you're going to uh, say someone should be in the first time, I would think it would be Foo Fighters. And 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 who would you want to indict? <laughs> should I put the saber dance music back on for this one? <laughs> Got you. Who is it that you idolize so much beside myself? Who is it you idolize so much that you would want them to induct you? You just threw your fucking name in the hat right then. Mr. No, I didn't. Sir. And by the yeah, way, you please. Did. Yes, you I, did. I, I, no, no, I did not. Do it. <laughs> yes, you did, Wig. And the, everybody can see you've got pick me on your eyelids, closing them, like winking them. At them. <laughs> pick me, pick me. You got your shoes on the on the desk. <laughs> pick me on each shoe. Yeah, go ahead. I just love that Dave is so on the ball with this. Like, oh yeah, he nails him in so many ways. Like where he's like, you just threw your hat in the ring, Mister, and he's just calling him out on exactly what he did, what we all heard, and. Mm-hmm. It plays into the MPD, so then yeah. that's what you get. 
Yep. But do it. There no. you go. I had to induct. I no, I not on purpose. I inducted John uh, the, the Bon Jovi band into the Rock Hall of Fame. I, I want. I said to John, "I'm going to kill myself. What are you doing to me? I don't want to leave my house. Leave me be. Leave me. Fuck off." He was. He he treated that like it was the 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 Gettysburg Address. I mean, that thing was. It was legendarily in its awfulness, uh, legendary. Yes. But uh, anyway, um, marbles all day long. Constantly, this is the business side of it. You constantly calculate in your head, oh, my God. I would imagine Foo Fighters is one of the major touring accents. I mean, financially. I don't know what, what you bring in a year. But do you constantly do the math and go, oh, fuck. You know, I lost. $45 million this year or something <laughs> crazy like that. I mean, like, like they, is it, is it killing you financially? <laughs> Lothi's probing marbles questions that are designed to be like very, he's trying to be subtle as, as an elephant's dick. You're like, do you guys, uh, are you guys hurting for money because of the COVID and, you know, is touring, like taking a big hit out of your, are you still like, are you going to, you know, are you getting bulk food now that you're, you're not touring? <laughs> Eat great. Are you living off craft dinner? More. More. What, if, what, if, what is Foo Fighters making a good year? Yeah. It, 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 Taylor, give me those facts. I, how much, how much well, Nate, Nate, Nate. <laughs> like he was angling around it and he, they finally go, how much do we make? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. <laughs> and this is the Marbo's answer, which is what you, uh, that was your uh, title. Howard, Howard, seriously, dude, we're we're so blessed. We've been doing this so long that, like, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I don't really think about that. I don't, and I'm not trying to sound like, you know, we're so lucky that we get to chill and be, you know, dads at home and and all that kind of stuff and not worry because there's so many people out there who are, you know, really freaking out right now. So, no, absolutely. I mean, but talk about a compassionate answer. Yeah. Talk about way to be professional and classy. There's so many people that have lost businesses. You know, oh, kids yeah. are home online. Parents are going nuts. Yep. It, it, we're, they're depending on stimulus checks, some of these yep. people. And now yep. crime is off the charts. Off the charts. So for him to worry about millionaires becoming bigger millionaires is such – It's it's so inflammatory to me that I can't even – it gets me so angry. And then to hear Taylor Hawkins, the drummer, give an answer like that, just kind of like, all right, at least somebody's got a good head on the show and it's not going to let, they're not going to, you know, float away like a balloon. It's really, it's really hard in the real world. But well, these interviews we get are all millionaires <laughs> having multiple homes, multiple businesses, the ability to travel in private jets. And nobody, they're so unrelatable. But these guys somehow, they, managed to give off a really good vibe a really good interview dave gives good stories about his daughter and you you just kind of love them even if you don't like their music you kind of should feel for these guys like they're they're trying to keep it real and wiggy has no clue what that is no and i'm just right now real quickly guys going through because i'm not i'm not a um a Foo Fighter, massive Foo Fighters fans. I like a lot of their songs for sure, but uh, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a, a, a fan. Um, but I'm looking through some of the albums and starting with the first, the first one's all written by Dave Grohl, Color in the Shape. He's got co-writes. Um, Great album. There's nothing, yep. there's nothing left to lose. If you go through it, it says, you know, all, t all tracks are written by Dave Grohl, Nate Mendel, and Taylor Hawkins. So they're sharing co-writing credit 
for the second al album onward, except where noted, which is only like three or four songs by Dave. And if you keep going, uh, the, the, the next one, um, uh, one by, by one, uh, Dave Grohl, Taylor Hawkins, Nate Mendel, and Chris Schiff, Schifflip. 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 Okay. Okay. So, so there's a co-writing that you go further into the career. It's not strictly, you know, Lennon McCartney, Lennon McCartney, Lennon McCartney, throwaway George Harrison. So they were clearly, they, this was a team effort. It's the same way when Queen, um, sometime around, I think, uh, kind of magic or right afterwards, somewhere around there, they decided we're going to share this publishing 25 times four. Everybody's getting a quarter piece of it. It's not just going to be all songs written by Freddie or, or written or Brian May. It's going to be, we all want to make sure everybody's financially secure because we don't have much time left because they knew he couldn't tour anymore due to um, his his being HIV positive and then the insurance companies wouldn't uh, insure them for a tour. So it had to be, they had to make money other ways. This is a band that doesn't clearly care about Dave, it's Dave and it's Dave fucking uh, ball and we're all going to have to play with it. He, they clearly have a, a togetherness that other bands just don't have. Yeah. And it shows over the years just for them to keep the core group together and then add a few extra people yep. into the band just to fill it out and, and be able to work on different pieces of songs or whatever it is, or just enjoy that brotherhood that they have. I've been a huge fan of them since they came on the scene 25 years ago. And I love their old stuff. I'm a fan of the older songs. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. that doesn't mean their new stuff isn't good. It's mm -hmm. just new stuff. And right. I'm one of those old heads, I guess. So I'm a, I'm a fan, and I was a Nirvana fan. And now we're going to get into what Wiggy calls not Nirvana, Nirvana. So Nirvana. listen up. <laughs> and she spelled it that way in, on purpose. And here's the thing I wanted to mention about this. Pat Smear, of course, was a legendary frontman for the Germs, which was – which would have been a band that Kurt Cobain and, and probably Dave and you know, every, everybody in the Seattle scene, they would have adored the germs X, yes. uh, you know, like even, um, you know, all the Washington DC punk scene, they all like black flag, but they also loved Sabbath kiss, uh, Zeppelin, all the, you know, they, they, the Seattle scene came out of, um, a, a whole swath of different music. So, for them to have Nirv Pat come to Nirvana near the end. So he was on MTV Unplugged and the live album that they released, which I think was posthumous, uh, live at the banks of the Wiska or something. He was on as a like a an extra member just to fill out their sound on stage a little bit because a three-piece can only do so much. And um, he was, I mean, it, it's for him to go into Foo Fighters and then take a hiatus and come back, that also indicates something, that it's not just, we're throwing him a bone. It's like, dude, you could do what you got to do. And when you want to come back, your, your seat's going to be warm for you. Yeah. I can't think of a better relationship to have with a band that they have that respect that goes way, way back to early punk rock days in Seattle. Yep. And it grows up through Nirvana. Nir Nirvana. I can't even say it right <laughs> Nirvana. now. Nirvana. Nirvana. <laughs> and into the Foo Fighters. And, you know, they all are dads or... They've got other groups, the other work they want to go off and do. So yeah. it makes sense that he'd be in and out as needed. And that works great. I, yeah. I, another reason to love the band. They're just, they seem like really cool guys. When I read the, the way you wrote it, so you literally spelled it N-E-A-R space V-A-N-A. -A, and I thought, I thought for a minute, like near what, Vanna White? I don't get it. Oh. And, then, and then I started listening to it. I'm like, oh shit. Here we saw Nirvana question. 
does feel right. The, it does. You know, it feels nice. Pat, do you miss? Do you ever wake up and 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 miss playing with Nirvana, or are those days so far behind you that? Uh, and you're such a Foo Fighter now, as as having been in both bands. Uh, do you wake up and sometimes say, "Gosh, what would it have been like if Nirvana had stayed together?" You know, every once in a while, me and Chris and Dave get together and we. Oh, I got to stop it just for the 30 second break, guys. I know I don't don't usually announce that anymore, but this is why I hate I hate cutting clips when someone's in the middle of talking. But I try to get it as close to the 30 as possible. So let's continue. There's only a bit left Do play as if we're Nirvana. And it's oh, amazing. you do really? Yeah, so I don't I don't have to miss it. We do it. Dave, I didn't I mean if this. we're in the same town together or, you know, whatever, we'll get together and jam. You mean you'll get, where do you get together? In a rehearsal space? And you... <laughs> a phone booth. Where the fuck do you think they get together, <laughs> asshole? <laughs> a back of a fucking meat truck. <laughs> Mom's basement. Exactly. And you say, let's go be Nirvana. Well, last time we did it at the house where we recorded the album. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. We actually recorded some stuff. Yeah. He just reminded me of the name of one of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, it's Captain Beefheart. <laughs> he says, I think it's called I Do What I Want to Do, live from my dad's garage. Do <laughs> <laughs> you ever go back and listen to the Nirvana albums, either of you two guys? Do you? Okay. So, like, he's, he, again, like, like went with the Robert Plant, he's stuck on past glories and he's just an old fucking stick in the mud. And he wants to ask Nirvana questions because what's more of a, as big as you, the Foo Fighters arguably are bigger than Nirvana ever was, but they'll never be as influential. They just won't. No, I, I also found it really sad that Wiggy missed a great opportunity here mm -hmm. to ask them questions about their recording about with Chris and Dave and Pat that like, okay, you've recorded as Nirvana. You're, <laughs> what are you going to do next? Like, yeah. are, are we ever going to hear that? What does it sound like? What was your inspiration? When, you know, how many songs are you going to get together again? Could Would you ever think of doing a live session on YouTube? Mm -hmm. So many questions and he blew it. You yep. blew it. It just, it really bugged me as a fan of the two bands that we couldn't mm -hmm. get that. But he just, oh my gosh, he just barreled through with the next question on his mind because that's oh, the type oh, of yeah. interviewer he is nowadays. Always. Yep. Next clip, guys, is called Radio Equals Loneliness. You shy because I'm extremely shy. I can get on a microphone, but for me, being on the radio meant being alone in my room right. and talking into a microphone. I didn't have to deal with an audience. Um, you know, I just I just assumed that there was an audience there, but I didn't think about them that much. But, but <laughs> no, you didn't care. <laughs> it's, it's not I didn't think about them. <laughs> Some things never change. Fuck! I love how he tw he twists words in such a way that you know, like, <laughs> listen, we, I, I'm, I'm, it is ABC, but I'm telling you, it's WXZ, and uh, you're gonna repeat it the same way I do, and like, he, the, the only time, the only, I think it was the story he talked about being in Hartford or Detroit and not going out, like basically he went to do his job and went back to his hotel room where he was staying, you know, in, in the midst of them moving and him being a recluse. It's, it's about being a fucking pussy. It's not, and, and hating people. It's not about, you know, oh, I'm shy. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's partly that, but it's mostly just being, and what's it called? Um, 
not agoraphobe, introvert, not introvert but also um, antisocial, completely antisocial behavior. Yeah. yeah. So was, he, when he, was, when he puts, when he puts it on, it's fake. It's him. It's always him acting like, you know, the man of man about town. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it was, it was WWW in Detroit. You got and it. he used to call, talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, getting a bucket of spaghetti for dinner. It's <laughs> <laughs> like medieval times. <laughs> I'm picturing like a KFC bucket full of just spaghetti. Okay, cool. uh, Gary Puppet, you have your orders. <laughs> Pasta coming out of a bucket. Wasn't that wasn't that actually the, from the jerk? This is the best pizza in a cup ever. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll get him a few seconds of this one. For you, are you shy off off uh, stage? I am not shy. Right. <laughs> That's funny. No, I'm not shy. It's not a bad question because a lot of performers drink to get on stage, and it, it's certainly a lot of comics drink or do drugs because they. When we did the interview with Levy, he said a lot of the drinking was because I was I had just nerves before we get on stage. I still get nervous when I go on stage. I don't know why. I'm like, I know these fucking jokes work. Why am I? Kidding? If you don't laugh, it's your fucking problem. <laughs> I just uh, like the yes, the the questions that are all no answers. So I try to yeah. throw a few of those in. Yeah, and you get did a good one for the Tom Morello. I laughed fucking hysterically when I heard it. <laughs> okay, Tom Tom Petty dodged a gay bullet. Is the next clip. Then I came down and jammed, and I mean, honestly, you must have hung out with him or met him before. Never. He was really. Yeah, I had an opportunity to interview him, and we were going to do it like kind of like this over over a camera. And yeah. at the time, I was like, no, 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 I'm going to wait for Tom Petty to come in the studio. And right. I waited too long because then I never got oh, to interview him. Shit. This is the stupidity. He, he, Jay Thomas for years was telling you, you're an idiot. I do my show out of New Orleans. I do it out of, you know, whatever different. He had a couple residences across the, the country. And he didn't need to be in studio with somebody to fucking do a great interview with him. Jay was the real king. Yeah. I was just going to say, what a fucking asshole. You could have had Tom Petty doing an interview. And he was so all about like i want him in my studio face to face he wants the video of it yes he he couldn't change his patterns at even back then to get an icon a great artist mm-hmm. who would have been a fantastic interview because he's had the traveling wilburys he's had so many people he's worked with over the years and has been around as a solo artist as a group artist with the heartbreakers mm-hmm. it just blows my mind that this guy is so mpd stubborn that yep. he couldn't do an interview over a computer back then, but now he can. And I do think there was a party at Leon Black's where Tom Petty performed and Wiggy mm-hmm. was invited on a private jet with a bunch of other rich yep. motherfuckers. Yep. And I think Artie went to that too. Yeah, that so was the Hamptons one. He still d- doesn't mention like even getting to talk to him at that private party. Like Tom mm-hmm. just blew him off for that. Yep. Yeah. Another well, Tom, Tom, Tom interview that we could have had. <laughs> totally. And uh, yeah. And, and actually what um, what it occurs to me, he used to have he used to have a shitload of phoners back in the day. I would I would hazard to say that 25 percent of his interviews took place over the phone back 
at a certain mm-hmm. point in time when he couldn't get them in. Like if they were in L.A. and he was in New York, so what the fuck? The person would get on the air like at 9 o'clock and they'd say, oh, Stallone's calling in or uh, James Caan is calling in. And that went to – that went by the wayside. You know that was a, a – there was a definitive conversation had where he said no more phoners. And do you think that was a Marcy thing or him? I'd say it was him. That's hard to say. Uh, that time frame's a little foggy for me. Yeah. Yeah. Only because of my work situation at the time. I don't know. Uh, definitely Marcy would have put a kibosh on that. But I do think he probably was like, no, we got to have them in studio. Get them in here now. And get and the video. Get the video because they had the YouTube segments that they post of fans performing. It was no yeah. longer e-show, but it was still serious and they had YouTube. Right. And we were still not getting a Howard 360 just yet, but we did eventually yeah. when it was more like Howard 3. <laughs> There's a, a three degree <laughs> angle of what you can see between monitors and computer and, and microphones the size of uh, Nebraska. Uh, let's keep going. Dumb fucking move. I, 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 he, he was he was very cool and very uh, like low key down to earth. Just really, really cool. And so- okay, so the next clip is called Pat, Fourth Wheel in Nirvana. I misspelled. Were you shocked when, you know, Nirvana to me was always a threesome. And then when Pat got, you know, when, when Kurt said, let's bring Pat into Nirvana, were you shocked? Were you like, no, 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 it's the three of us. Was it weird no. for you to, to become a force? No. Well, you know, uh, Nirvana <laughs> at one point. <laughs> no. How's how's this different? There's not much different than if you had a brother, would you be jealous of him? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, how dare you share in? Because who was it? Uh, was it Bob Sisifo or uh, or someone else that recently posted about? Oh no, it might have been uh, Danny Stellion. The um, the clip about Richard getting a record contract and right. uh, wanting to control the royalties or the direction in which um, uh, income through. Richard flowed like <laughs> he wanted responsibility for some of it. Go ahead. That was Daniel Stellan. Yeah. He's another uh great guy that lives over in the UK. Yeah. Who posts a lot for us. Um he is a big fan of Richard and basically re- reiterated what we had said the last time we recorded about Richard, please just leave the Stern show. Go do your drumming career. You deserve it. Because Wiggy is only taking credit for you getting all your work. So yep. if you leave Wiggy and you continue to get work, sure, he's still going to keep taking credit, but he won't mention you because you're a goner. Yeah. And at least you'll have the freedom to go travel and do what you really love, your real passion, which is drumming. Right. It's so obvious. Mm-hmm. And uh, in actual fact, um, the worst thing that could happen to Wig is Rich- Richard gets more prolific, more popular, and makes way more money. And that's the, the that that's the biggest burn in his in his fucking arse besides Ralph's member um, that someone becomes more popular like Stuttering John. Eventually, we're going to do the Stuttering John departure like as a rescinding as a uh, so long farewell episode, and that's going to be an epic because it's so vast the amount of. I didn't want to, you know, no one, I didn't want to talk to you. Uh, you know, oh, God, dude, you just had to come to me. You never came to me. And he's like, I don't want to talk to you <laughs> going leading up to it. And he ends up getting a, a gig that pays him five times more what he's making. So seven, fuck, seven fuck. times. Wasn't it, wasn't it making eight? Oh, maybe. Uh, okay. So he was making eight, 75 at Howard. Eight, I thought it was 80, and then, but it, and then he made then, like 500,000 a year the first I year. I think it was. 
Yeah. So it was, anyway. it was, it was either 250,000 or 500,000. I can't remember. Yeah. So yeah, maybe you're right. Five, five, six, seven Roughly. times at that point, it's still yeah. ridiculous and good for yeah. him to leave and That's go right. make that money. Right. His, his, his business, what was it called? His professional life went to a nine. Um, <laughs> now the next one is called, uh, Wiggy's musicianship. Oh, sorry. Like, and I'm going to get like him. Wiggy's musicianship regrets. Yeah, but I don't, under, I don't understand myself. I was the same way. I, I mean, I was obsessive with music, and but I fucking never sat down and really learned how to play. And I can, that's my biggest regret. I took some piano lessons. I had guitars, but I never really. And I, and I should have played drums. Had guitars. He's he's got the bebop shop in his basement next to the bowling alley. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, so his biggest regret isn't his failure of a marriage to Allison. It's yeah. not saving Bianca in the pool. Yeah. It's not his three children who he has zero relationship with growing up. Correct. Correct. And basically just hid in a basement playing Nine Inch Nails with Ralph wearing right. Gerardo handkerchiefs. Or being a proud, <laughs> proud so, grandparent. <laughs> or being a proud grandparent. His biggest regret <laughs> is not learning how to play the guitar. But he's got like five of them hung up in his bowling alley. Yeah. Five, Jesus Christ! Yeah, I wish I could have seen that video tour. <laughs> the the Eddie, Eddie Murphy guitar, sorry, not Eddie Murphy, uh, Edward Van Halen guitar, the fucking Leslie right. West guitar with like mounds of dust on him. That's really easy. No, it's not. And I think that the the, the um, I, I wasted so much fucking time. You know what I mean? I, I should have what sat there. What were you there. doing? What was I was jerking late. off. That's what I. Okay, was doing. you know what? It's. Okay, it's too late for you to become Eddie Van Halen. Like, that's your fucking, there's just no fucking way right. that's going to happen. Right. Like, play along with an ACDC record. Play along with the Ramones record. Like, no, you know. because I, I won't be Come good on. enough. I've I got to be good enough to join your band. He, I mean, he is an idiot. And in fact, that is exactly how some of the best guitarists in the world, and I would say best, I mean, most legendary. Like, Steve Jones learned along with the. Um, like the Stooges' first two albums or three albums and the New York Dolls' first album. He just kept playing them until he could replicate them and then figured out his own style. I love Steve Jones. Jonesy's Jukebox, everybody. <laughs> Listen to it. Tune into it. It's, do you want to hear a Robert Plant interview? Listen to Jonesy's Jukebox. Take care of it. Anyway, uh, the next one, Wig Jealous of Star Fucking with Macca, who we all know is Sir Paul. Let's... Get to hang at Paul McCartney's house, like at his house. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> you did. Yeah, did that blow your mind? I mean, to me, that has to be the ultimate experience. This, I mean, Paul McCartney. Look, how did he write all of those songs? When you're around him, are you? Do you say to him, Paul? Look, I'm a songwriter. Uh, tell me your process. Tell me. I, I would imagine you had a million questions for this guy. I can't imagine a more awkward conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dave. <laughs> yeah, Dave, give it to him. Like the 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 times you ever get to meet your your heroes, your idols, the worst thing you can do is fan them. The worst right. thing you can do is like tell them, man, you wrote Ticket to Ride. You you fucking you you wrote Sweet Home Alabama. Can I can I touch you? <laughs> <laughs> can I like you know? It, it, you just can't do it. And in uh, in the past, I've had to interview. I've interviewed some people in the business and um you just got to talk to them like human beings that's what they're looking for most of them unless they're i don't know mick jagger who's looking for his to get his dick sucked well do, do you remember when wiggy went to the concert and paul mccartney snubbed him on an autograph for his daughter I love that love that 
I right. love that. I think I think, think I put that on my channel. I gotta find it. <laughs> and then Chris Rock, Chris Rock was there and said, "Ooh, you got blown off." <laughs> <laughs> he totally rubbed it in. Yeah, but there's so many things like Wiggy's gotten wrong about McCartney, and McCartney's sure for he's um in his age range. He's somebody we know he grew up with, and yes, he is an icon. We give him yeah. all that. Sure, but fucking read the room and act like you've been there before. My God. Absolutely. And even Dave, who is, you know, 17 years younger than him or whatever the age difference is, 10, mm -hmm. 15, mm -hmm. he knows better. He knows how to socially interact with a guy and just play it cool. Yeah. You don't have to ask, how did you write Imagine or how did not Imagine? Sorry, yeah. wrong. You know, whatever. Hey, like, hey let, Jude, let that it, was the example. He yeah, used. sure. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> And the other thing is he's interviewed McCartney like like got to be going on five times now since 2001. I know of three. Okay. Uh, I can't remember exactly how many, but either way, and he's seen him live a bunch of times. And one of my favorite bits is um, at the concert for New York when uh, the video is now gone from YouTube, but I think I have it somewhere where Wiggy gets up with, of course, with his fucking pants ass cut out another Ralph job as he was finished rimming him. And uh, mooned the crowd at the concert for New York and then yeah. bitched and, and complained, talked shit about Drew Barrymore, which is what we're going to see if I can find the audio. Talk shit about her because she uh, basically wouldn't go to New York. She was scheduled to do like Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon or whatever it was at the time or Jay Leno. Or I think it was The Tonight Show and um, with Jay Leno at the time. And he, he gave her shit like, you know, this is New York's where you need to support, you know. Uh, meanwhile, he was asking Tom <laughs> if he could leave the, the show that day. Yeah. You know, he's acting like Mr. Hero. And um, anyway, so he was and then Paul McCartney said, oh, that's unnecessary, Howard. That's so, so unnecessary. And he was given mm -hmm. Howard shit, deservedly yeah. so. Like, don't shit on people that aren't there. You don't know what their situation is. Fuck off. And uh, meanwhile, you were a fucking coward. So uh, I wish you somebody would have played that audio <laughs> right at the concert for New York right behind him. So, no, I would never say that. <laughs> Honestly, because you, well, why? Like, why? Why? Paul, what's your song? Why? Because process? it's like, I mean, here, OK, first yeah. of all, you have to understand, like, so Paul, you know, like he walks through life being Paul McCartney. Everybody. I think that he, you know, one of the first things that he'll do is sort of like kind of diffuse that awkward tension. Like right. he knows how you feel and he's considerate of that. And it's like, yeah, man. And like, everything's like cool and it's mellow and you wind up just sort of like hanging out, eating pizza and drinking wine and just not talking about like, how the fuck did you write? Let it be. It's like, you don't <laughs> really go there. So, but I mean, but all, him, obviously. But when you were there, like, what was the occasion? The other thing is, oh. Dave knows this. He's a legend himself now at this point. He's not He's not ever going to be yeah. a Beatle, obviously, but he's he's in, secure enough in his own success that he can just go in, and he's a down-to-earth kind of guy. I've heard from a lot of people that have met Dave that he is as chill a guy as you could imagine for someone who's sold so many records and who's done so much. His documentary on the studios, like Sound City and stuff, was great. Sound City. And, yeah, and he loves he loves music. Like, that guy loves music. He's a true music geek just with way more money and way more success than the average person will have. Yeah. There's a great bit on YouTube where he does like a drum battle with this girl in England who's like 10 years old and she is a music prodigy. She mm -hmm. does more than drums, but yeah, that was Dave's thing and that's her thing. So he is really, really sweet with this girl, super 
just encouraging and mm -hmm. a really down to earth guy when when you get him like in a situation like that. Like, you just don't see cracks in his ego. You don't see um like with Wiggy, there's so much outrageous stuff that we point out all the time. But I'd be damned if I could find stuff like that on Dave Grohl. I I just don't see it. He he's such an endearing musician and human with uh two daughters and a wife mm -hmm. that he's had for mm -hmm. a while so yeah yay for him good job yeah. and keeping yeah. your band together all this time yeah look at what he's been through i mean he was thrust into the music world like overnight with nirvana yeah. and then he managed to make an album on his own playing everything mm -hmm. and develop it into the foo fighters so that, it takes some talent it takes, it takes some degree of talent to get that done you don't just get that by being a le in a legendary band because look at I don't know. Look at any other person that dropped out of a famous band. Look at what's Bill Wyman doing. What's um, you know, what happened to Mick Taylor? <laughs> Nothing really. So it doesn't always happen again. So for someone to be, it's almost like Michael Landon in the film in the TV industry. He went from Bonanza that got canceled. He went into a bigger hit with Lo Little House on the Prairie, and then mm -hmm. in, into another decade with um, Highway to Heaven, a show I loved, right? And was like, it just doesn't happen that way. You know, many people don't get that success again. The next clip is called Did You Ever Hang With Jagger? What's that like? Remember, Dave, when you were on Saturday Night Live, Jagger was the host. Did you get to hang with him at all? Yeah. Was he a good guy? Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, it was cool. He was funny. He was funny. He was really funny. And the funny thing was like, okay, so he was going to host. It was the season finale. Now, before we get into this, I think it's just recently that we started getting the Jagger bitchiness. Like, well, he was too good to do our show. What didn't we? Yeah, it's been coming kind of bubbling up in the show. Yep. Different bits about Mick Jagger. Yep. And we've played it on previous breakdowns, but yep. there, you're going to hear more in the future. I always clip any bits about Mick only because I know he's wooing him to come on the show. And Wick is Wick. Mick Wick. is pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much a big holdout on the show and i've said this before that i think he knows it might diminish his brand oh yeah and the morning hours don't work but if they're pre-recording like i think they did with tom morello then it's very possible that that's not even an issue anymore because they know they can get more guests if they pre-record in the evening play it the next day and just tell them you know don't mention time frames or anything in the news or anything like that that's dateable yeah and yeah, Mick is his white whale. He is yep. his Moby Dick right now. He is yep. doing cartwheels. He must have a thousand fake Twitter accounts on his own just trying to get Mick onto the show. Mm -hmm. So I'm really hoping that Mick say no. Just say no. Don't I'm the give opposite. him that. I'm the opposite because I want to hear that train wreck. I want to hear that awful interview. <laughs> <laughs> like a glutton for punishment. And because Jagger's not a particularly good interview, first of all. And second of all, he doesn't need to do Wig's show. He he wants money. He wants to be paid. Uh, Keith Richards is the same. There's no need for him to do any fucking press ever. Because their new records don't sell. And their tours always sell out. Like in advance. Right. Oh, you announce a sure. Stones gig and you price it at 500 bucks a ticket, it will fucking sell out, even in COVID. Like, that's how powerful they are as a concert draw. Their latest albums probably won't even go gold, but, you know, who gives a shit? They want to hear Jumpin' Jack Flash. They want to hear Honky Tonk Women. Yep. Even the most softball interview that Wiggy could do with him 
might not be enough to bring him around because no way. honestly, he's, he's how old is Mick? I don't even know. 78. Se- seven, yeah. Definitely over 75. He's a little older than Wiggy, but he has so many great stories and yeah, Wiggy would butcher that interview. Yeah. He'd ask embarrassing questions about him and Keith, but David Bowie in the same sense. Yeah. David Bowie. There, there's so much great stuff to dig into there that he'll just miss and it'll, it'll just feel pain in my gut when I hear him not ask those questions that we all want to know about <laughs> different Mick, women <laughs> that he's been with and all his children and being a grandpa and all these crazy yeah. things. Mick, he might what was even it like? be a great grandpa. Right. What's it? What was it like filming Free Jack? Uh, let's see. He right. was going to host the show, um, but Stones weren't doing anything. And right. so I actually got the call from Lauren, and he's like, uh, Mick Jagger is going to host the show, but at the Stones, we were wondering if you could be the backing band. I was like, oh, fucking absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And so I fucking, I'm like, I'm like, when is it? He's like, May 18th. And a, a little bit of trivia, guys. If anybody wants to hear something also really excellent, Dave Grohl was the drummer for the uh, Backbeat Band for the movie, and uh, Greg Dully, I think uh, Thurston Moore were, and it was like a super group back in the day where they did all er- early Beatles Cavern Cavern Club music, and the music in the film is fantastic, and you can totally hear they nail it. There's an MTV uh, Awards show where they perform. It's live. It's fan fucking tastic. They do. Uh, um, money. I think they do Long Tall Sally, uh, like a medley of old early Beatles covers and stuff, and stuff that they used to play, and it's fantastic. Just check that out if you get a chance. Um, <laughs> next one, dropping articles, volume one. <laughs> it's only a five second clip. What, what you, did you watch Super Bowl at all? Is that your thing? Do you watch football? <laughs> <laughs> Kill me now. Like, we've said this before. It's like when he says. I like lamp. I like speaker. Uh, <laughs> it's fucking the Super Bowl, asshole. Yeah. Get it right. My God, right. it's so embarrassing. Exactly. I'm going to start Another... pulling one of these every breakdown of dropping articles. And that's Please it. do. Just one, I just, I just one show. Keep, I just got to keep track of them. Uh, Dave is next, next doing his Dave running the show. Before I'm not running your show for you, but I do run it. I want to get to no, I want to get to the song that we picked especially for you at some point. Yes, let's Before do we it now. Out of time, I want to do I it now. Want to make sure. Let's do it now. No, I don't want to okay. run. I want to do all three songs now. Do you want to say something about this song? I let's do. You know that he doesn't actually want to hear any fucking songs. He does because they're not. First of all, if they're not covers, he doesn't care. And he just wants to pick his brain about celeb fucking and see if he can get some of that Mick Jagger action. Yeah, go ahead. Well, he does get about three minutes, of, which is what nine thousand dollars in his wallet. <laughs> we and don't he doesn't know how have much to anymore. do anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, true. <laughs> that well, that was back in the day, maybe with yeah. the old contracts. Yeah. And um, also he he's getting his dick sucked because they're doing uh Mississippi Queen by Leslie West. Uh. So it was a nice tribute they did. They did a well a, a very good version of it. Even though I'm not a fan of Leslie, I'm not a fan of the song, I enjoyed yeah. what they did. Right. And it's so great when you're listening live to not have to listen to Wiggy and just oh, get yeah. to listen to the Foo Fighters. What a treat. It's like and a Kayla, I know, I know <laughs> Kayla was loving this day because she's a huge Dave fan and I totally appreciate that. Okay. I am too. Yeah. But yeah, shout out to Kayla. And here we go with what they said after. <laughs> 
<laughs> dick measuring with via riffs. <laughs> Guys, doesn't that make you feel like you got the biggest dick in the world when you're playing that riff? It's just a power riff, right? I mean, it actually, do you know, I, I know what he's talking about, but to me, it's not necessarily a riff. It might even be a shriek. Like, um, and if you guys want to hear what I'm talking about, look out on YouTube and find Slade Alive. And they do a cover of the Love and Spoonfuls, Darling Be Homes, Darling Be Home Soon. It's one of the best covers I've ever heard in my life. And you hear, when you hear this song and you hear, <laughs> you, see, you hear Naughty Holder fucking go off, you see every fucking Oasis album ever released because they totally ripped off their sound and the Beatles. And uh, when you hear him go into the, from the quiet part to the fucking loud part, you just think he, that he just, he just, Every single woman in the fucking concert hall wanted to fuck him right then and there. That's that's the kind of sound his voice gave. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, just check it out. Slade Live, uh, Darling Be Home Soon. And um, anyway, that's my that's my take on it. I love the fucking it's just a great version and it's a great song. The original's good too. Um Is All My Life About Cunnilingus? <laughs> is this a new Foo Fighters song? <laughs> It's not a new song. It's a classic old song from them. Oh, I, I have and no clue. Yeah. It, this was this was kind of like a fun reveal, but of course Wiggy ruins it with his comments. So there you go. <laughs> okay. Okay. Is that song about giving a woman oral sex? It's about going down on a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> yeah, it is. Isn't that beautiful? You know, I've gone down on a few women. Believe it or not, as repulsive as I am. <laughs> No, as repulsed as you are. <laughs> let's, let's get that. Yeah. <laughs> and I still don't believe that. Maybe no. he tried it once or twice, but no. Not yeah. like on beef or anything. Maybe if there were four, five dicks like around to keep him like uh keep him <laughs> excited, I don't know. Like he, he wouldn't have minded bit like I don't know. I think maybe as a goof he did. <laughs> I don't believe he ever did. Eating pussy just the next Yeah, exactly. Like try it. Just try it. <laughs> like sushi. Um this is the next clip. Eating pussy is too dangerous for Wiggy. Dave, are you still as passionate about oral sex as you were back then when you wrote that song? I mean, I, I find it too dangerous now. I don't want to get these HPVs and all this kind of shit. So yeah, uh, those days mean. are over. What yeah. did you say? HDTV? Is what, you say? what did he say? I don't want. <laughs> Do I have to he repeat that He doesn't want to get HPV from beef. HPV. Oh, okay. The herpes. Herpes. Yeah. The herpes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that presupposes <laughs> that she has them. I mean, if he's monogamous and if he's straight, it makes it makes zero sense, honestly. Like, haven't you done this before? And now you're stopping. It makes it's zero zero sense. Again, you can't no. keep up with his own lies. No, you can't. And the next clip is called Dave fucks with. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Hashtag beard life. Yes, hashtag beard life. And that was just <laughs> amazing how that's coming up now. Um, Dave fucks with Wiggy. What yeah. I was going to say was, you have such a big part. Uh, you have a lot to do with why we're still here. Remember that time we came on your show and I played Everlong, the acoustic uh, version? God. Yeah. That's not something I had ever done. And when I know. we sat down and did that for you, that, that gave us another 20 years of being in the band, honestly. Do you, does this just him lathering his ass, Raven? It's a kissing of the ring because if they want to keep like having stations on Sirius, yeah. they have to 
lather. They have to blow smoke up his butt. And it, it's just, okay, yeah, they did do it on a show. Yeah, it was a good version. So I kind of am torn on this one a little bit, only because mm-hmm. I like that song. I like right. the acoustic version. But for it just gets ruined sometimes because I think about Wiggy taking credit for it all the time. Absolutely. And even even what a a dead clock is wrong twice a day. So like, <laughs> or a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. Like, it it comes down to a stupid metaphor like that. Like even Wiggy can come up with like one good suggestion in forty four years. So yeah. they're gonna they're gonna roll with that. But it 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 turns on them. So just keep listening. I believe it's a, 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 a broken clock is right twice a day. Correct twice a day. <laughs> but that's yes. okay. A broken wig is, is never right. But what you're right. But the, the thing is, if they performed it acoustically on a show, they performed the acoustic version. It's their, it's their sort of talent just because that's the venue. Mm-hmm. Does Dick Clark get the credit for someone's version of something if it's already been released as a single or whatever? Of course not. Like a live version of something. The only live version of any song I've ever liked on the Stern Show was the, well, there's two. There's the the Fame version of, uh, the live version of Fame by David Bowie when he had that touring band around the early 2000s when he came in for the birthday show. It was a fantastic right. band. And then the Lenny Kravitz doing Let Love Rule. That's a fantastic fucking live version that True. he's done a couple times because the real, the original version is kind of, kind of tame comparatively. But the live version, he breaks out the fucking, the, the guitar and he makes it way louder and, and really great. Uh, so let's let's continue. Like oh, that, stop it! I swear, am I wrong, Taylor? It's that you and David Letterman have made us a big band in America. Yes, you've been two of our biggest supporters for the last twenty-five years. It's true. So we have oh, everything. Letterman. Letterman loves the foos. Remember his last show? You guys played, and you guys—I couldn't believe you came out in tuxedos. I was shocked. Is it that shocking? Didn't um, Nirvana do that one video where they mocked? Um, it was maybe it was come as you are, I think. Uh, no, it wasn't come as you are. Um, the, the one where they came out as if they were on the um, Ed Sullivan smells show. Like, they, smells like Teen Spirit. No, no, no. no the, the, yeah, um, um, oh yeah. Um, uh, it'll it'll be <laughs> uh, maybe on a plane, not on a plane. Uh, anyway, it'll come back to me. Mm-mm, off yeah. the first album. And they mocked like they were on um, uh, Ed Sullivan's show, and they were all dressed up like little mods or whatever, like little <laughs> early British rock, you know. And it was cute. It was kind of funny. Um, but the I never realized that is true. There was a Letterman connection to Foo Fighters. He was a big supporter of them and of live acts in general. He always had live, great live uh, alternative bands on back in the day. Yep. There's there's a great connection too here with Letterman. He mm-hmm. loved Pearl Jam and Eddie Vedder, who yes. was also on Wig Show, but didn't. Yep get the beat down like he does from the Foo Fighters coming up no, about Letterman. Right. Mm-hmm. So the next clip is called Jealous of Letterman. Boys for that. I think what the boys are trying to tell me is that they consider me the seventh Foo Fighter. Is that right? That you're a Foo. Am I, I a Foo? Yes. <laughs> Am I yes, a Foo? You are honorary Foo. That's I mean, wow. can you imagine if it was like all of us and then you and Letterman in the background, like Dave, how well, how dare you mention Letterman in the same breath as Wig? You know that you're <laughs> you know that you're actually insulting him by putting Letterman in with him. Like he, I, do that's you think what, he knows he's he's trying to fuck with him? That's the, hence the. Yeah, of course. That's why I love Dave. He's <laughs> awesome. He's kicking him in the balls. 
<laughs> and playing percussion and playing lead guitar. No, did I say yeah. background? No, I meant like yeah. right next to me, soloing, <laughs> ripping solos to an arena full of adoring fans. Now, this next clip is called Boat Question, and you guys can, I think you can suss out the meaning without explaining it. And it's a little long, but we'll go through it. And um, <laughs> I guess it's like Sophie's Choice, more or less. But uh, here we go with it. Letterman is a huge supporter of yours. I'm a supporter of yours. But if it came down to it, we were on in a boat, and the boat was sinking, and the foos had to save me or Letterman. And I want a serious answer, and I want the truth. Would you save Letterman or would you save Howard Stern? And that's the final question. If you had fallen off the boat? It, the, in other words, the only, the only way the boat can I'm stay afloat. I'm just trying to decide, got, like, do we have to eat some? I, I used to have a question like this only, like Howard's in a, in a it's like a parking lot. It's, uh, I don't know, 45 degrees Celsius. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. Guys, get out your calculators. And uh, there's a like a puppy in another car. And they're both locked in and they're going to die. It's beating, like the sun is beating down on them. you got to save one. I think almost everybody I asked picked the puppy. <laughs> yes. This is a classic question that Wiggy asks all all these people, whether it's yeah. his staff or Robin, like yeah. say you have so-and-so and so-and-so on a boat and you can only save one because the boat's taken on water. Who right. do you throw off? And in this case, yeah, he's looking for some kissing of his ass, but yeah, <laughs> Dave's not going to get it. I, I had to do this. Yeah. Are we talking, is this like a cannibalism no. trip? Is no, you don't have to eat okay. anyone. It's just, we have to okay. throw someone off the boat in order how to, how the about? rest of, yes. Yeah. I, I have a question. First of all, as the leader of the band, I'm going to designate Rami Jaffe the one person to answer this question. Rami, Listen, what do you think? He ready. can't even talk about the, the wallflowers. I was going to say, you throw me over the boat. Because, I mean, you got Stern and no. Letterman. Fuck him. Come on. I say, no, one lives, swimming. Boys, one lives, one dies. They're so sketchy in this. They know, they know the answer, but they don't want to give it. And they just... Yeah keep derailing with all kinds of like, well, are we cannibals? I'm not going to answer. I'm going to give it to Rami. I'm going to let him decide. Like they just, they don't want to piss off Letterman. They don't want to piss off Wiggy. So they're being diplomatic in this, but it just goes downhill. Keep listening. Somebody like Roger Daltrey would have just fucked with Howard and said, well, you, of course, like, right. There wouldn't even be, a, <laughs> yeah. it, it wouldn't even have been a, a, a you know, a, a question just to fuck with them. Guys, who is it? Uh, Dave, uh, Taylor wants to answer the question. Go ahead, oh, Taylor. You, you and David Letterman have to fight to the death. Bullshit. Oh. That's a cop out. <laughs> that Dave, way that we don't bullshit. have to choose. That's not the answer Dave, he wants. I don't know. Dave, that's not. That, uh, There's Dave, no help. time I agree. For These that. are all terrible answers. <laughs> These are all terrible Taylor, answers. Make a decision right now. <laughs> Listen, it's like uh, we're talking chicken or the egg right now. What can yeah, first chicken Understood, but you got to choose one. You got to, or else all the food will the... I don't know chronologically, but I had to hazard to say that they were on Dave way before they were on fucking Howard. I would agree. Also, I think it's pretty clear cut here. Like they're just avoiding the answer. It's it's just bullshit. It's a dumb yeah, question. It is. It's a waste of my time, honestly. But only because there was a good answer in the end. Once Robin prompts Taylor, I think yeah, he yeah. gets a really good answer. Yeah. Mystery of the universe. Well, what here. happened before the Big Bang? That's this. This oh, is, this is the guys. mystery of the universe. These are questions you can't answer, and this is why oh, you, you live guys. a life based on faith and love. There are no. some questions you can't answer, 
because there's some things you just don't know. As you get older, you have to realize wow. you don't. You Shut up, Dave. You know the fucking answer. <laughs> and <laughs> weeks don't float. You just don't know. So you you just sort of submit yourself to the universe and let it take oh. you. You where guys okay, where okay. it's going to take you. Guys, you. you guys if so Letterman pussy. was asking the question, if Letterman yeah. was asking the question, what would the answer right. be? Right. I'd be like, Stern's the first to go. No fucking question. Right. <laughs> hey, you know, it's obvious. It's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, That's all we wanted to hear. So the next clip is very oh, short. It's, I think it continues. It Wiggy gets butt hurt. It's obvious I am the one to go because uh, they're, they're not answering. They're trying to be diplomatic. All right. Listen, Foos, aside from that one question, you had a perfect morning. Music sounds great. The new album sounds great. And the next time, just say Howard Stern lives. And, that's the end. Um, and meanwhile, it's too late. You know what? You took so fucking long with that answer that both of us died. Letterman died and I died. It's awesome. All right. We all know. We all know why we're here. We're here to celebrate this great band, the Foo Fighters. But you know he's going to be like crying about it for days and days because they didn't immediately mm -hmm. say Letterman gets thrown out, right? Yeah, even on his own show, they won't like kowtow to him. So yeah, yay, Foo Fighters, good job. So that's the end of that, and uh, we hope it was enough foo for for you, Kayla, and anybody else who's a fan of them. Um, the last clip for the tenth is called Robin critiques JD's weight, which is yeah, a chutz, a chutz, that's a chutzpah with a capital C, and. Um, yeah, go ahead. It's just a throwaway clip, but it does kind of play into the whole Robin having weight issues. So I thought maybe this would help in our documentation of I could care less about JD, but I do have some concern for Robin and her mental state and how it plays with Wiggy talking about thousand pound sisters or 600 pound life or Hein or Kaplan or JD being overweight and and even and Bo Bowie now. Too. Bowie, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you more about that when we finish playing the clip. As a 40 year old man, I know how tall he is. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, I said JD, how tall are you? I think I'm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how tall I am. Not sure. <laughs> how are you? Guy goes. How does a 40 year old not know how tall he is? Who does this guy think he is, Benji? <laughs> Either way, 5'8 or 5'9, 215 pounds is unacceptable. Get out and fucking walk around, you lard ass. <laughs> Such a compassionate audience. Okay, so I guess I'm, I'm presuming that's a, an email he read, a, a supposed right. email. Yeah, okay. Which, you know, maybe, maybe not. I don't know who fucking sends them anything. And now we know from years and the months now, sorry, that uh, Twitter does not allow just anybody to tweet on the Stern Show tweets. Um, but it's, so we're going to continue. Uh, there's only 18 seconds left. Uh, Howard, I'm six foot four. I'm pretty fit. I'm 188 pounds. JD is obese and a load. Get off the couch, fat ass, and work out. Uh, finally, JD assumes marriage is forever. That's not the case. When you're fat and slow, your wife is hot. You better get exercise, you douchebag. <laughs> That's what it's here. <laughs> if you guys, if you've seen the tank, she looks like uh, Ronda Rousey with a, a shittier tattoo, like uh, like she fell into an ink ink <laughs> vat of ink, and uh, you know just missed some of it. Now the thing is, um, JD's always had the the complexion and the physique of a fucking potato wedge. So I don't know what he's getting on him about <laughs> it now, but you, um, this is, um, what, what was your take on Robin these days because of the, the amount of, well, fat <laughs> that she's having to cart around and, you know, having to deal with Wiggy's take on it all. Based on that clip, she was totally dead silent. 
She didn't yeah. say one word, not one giggle, not one cackle. Nothing. So for me, because it was the end of the show after the, the Foo Fighters and all that, she is either checked out, went to the bathroom, or just biting her lip and passively, aggressively attacking Wig by not commenting and not giving him the laughter that he wants. Because all along she's done that, and we we miss Benji in that in that fat uh, quadro of <laughs> staffers. Yeah. I don't know what you call it. Yeah. It's just, um, I, I wonder what she really thinks because does she go home, not go home, but does she get off air and start eating Mm -hmm. out of anger? Is it because of her meds that she can't do anything? Is it because she's too fragile? She can't exercise. I really wonder, like, what is her real issue with the weight? Is it just something that comforts her, that gets her to sleep? Is it, there's so many options there and we'll never know. No, but, um, um, as a, I guess as a woman, I have a little bit of anger towards Wiggy because sure. he's always criticized people and their weight. And then to have his co-host have such a problem with it, not have a to obviously you, it's visual that she has a problem, but never yeah. really voices that to him. And it just seems so hypocritical for her to like, I hate when she rags on other people for their weight it's because worst. she's in no position for that. Zero. So that that's why I clipped this. I'm just documenting the downfall of the show. Yeah. And, and sometimes she laughs, sometimes she doesn't. But even earlier we heard in this episode, she shot back about, Oh, is it that awful channel that you watch with the thousand pound sisters and all the weight mm-hmm. problems that they have? So, yeah, let's just see what we got in the future. It's hard to tell. Well, he's her know. meal ticket, so she knows enough to, she can only go so far before she pisses him off. On the other hand, she knows about his proclivities and could easily have a book somewhere like, if I if something happens to me, this book comes out, and you're going to be around and to, you're not going to enjoy it. No injunction is going to stop this fucking book from getting out, even if she used a pseudonym and, and wrote about a, uh, a, 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 you know, a guy she works for called Mowered. Mowered Burn or something like that. Like, who the fuck's not going to know <laughs> right. exactly what she's talking about? So there's that. And there's also in the book, like in the Quivers of Life book, she documents, uh, although we think a lot of it is bullshit, the embellishment. When she talks about food, she really has no reason to lie so much about how much she enjoyed it because it's just food. No one's getting offended. There's no names need to be changed. It was comfort food. So her whole thing, her entire life, as far as we've known, is comfort eating and it's it's always at a place when she's really at her worst so like after the at the end of the 15 foundation which guys we are going to continue with that by the way um she starts ballooning back up to pre-jogging pre-green drink levels and worse it's like atkins when people started getting on the atkins diet when that was hot they didn't realize you go back on the carbs you will fucking put that weight on unless you've changed your lifestyle or portion control or whatever and maintained that you're going to put on all those carbs back again and uh, you'll be like Robin, but she definitely stress eats and she has her entire life. So uh, I understand it. I, I have, I don't have a whole lot of sympathy because I've been guilty of it myself growing up. So I, I, I know it's something I can control. She has to be able to control that a little. And she absolutely, you're right, has no cause to be fucking on people about their weight when she's been yo-yo dieting her entire fucking life and has the gall to release a vegetarian cookbook that she didn't do any of the recipes. That she can't even cook out of. Yeah. Right. 
now we are actually going into the 15th of February and there was a makeup day because he uh, took a, I forget what day it was. Was it a Monday he took off? No, it was Wednesday, March 11th of 2020. It was when they started broadcasting from home on Zoom with the pandemic last year. That's it. And he owed them a day. And so he was on a day when Raven, I think she was sure he was off. And then she goes, Mayday, Mayday, Photoshop, get it, you know, get it for the mockery <laughs> thread. Like he's actually in and like, this is almost, you know, battle stations. So, um, anyway, the first one is called wig cheated serious. And it sounded like he was really, when I heard the clips, I was like, you little baby, they, they held you to your fucking contract. What a bunch of assholes. God forbid he have to do a full 112 and, shows. He tried to skate away yep. with, with that one show thinking that working from home and trying to set up. He had nothing to set up because they had to ship him everything. And you know they didn't ship it overnight. They didn't God, get it no. to him the next day. All no. he did was sit at home on phone calls or texts yep. talking about how they were going to handle things because they couldn't be in studio. But That's he right. draws it out and makes it sound like they had so much going on that day. Right. Which is such bullshit. Yes. So, yeah. It, oh. And those, so the, and those the, shows sounded like ass completely because he was using webcam mics and uh, they had dropouts like crazy you'd think they were using like an old 56k modem or whatever and you heard the di the dial-up modems the dial and it was it was shit it was really awful and you can listen to that would have been like almost exactly our anniversary like the march uh, breakdown shows that we did some of them with benjamin and uh, and even uh, right around that time of april and they sounded like awful so anyway here here we go with that oh, i what happened was you know, uh, we signed up for another five years to be with you guys for another five years. And in the middle of the negotiation, you know, to bring the show back, to bring me back. I remember, uh, you know, there was some words, go nothing uh, hostile, but words going back and forth <laughs> as negotiations will. I believe you. Go ahead. Okay. He's talking super slow. He's yeah. talking in stutters. He's repeating himself. These are all telltale signs of lies. Yep. This, absolutely. This is just total bullshit. Keep going. Keep going. Yep. Well, and then uh, suddenly somebody said, you know, you uh, didn't deliver all the shows last year that you were <gasps> supposed to deliver. Uh-oh. And I went, what? I mean, I am the most honest guy. One right. thing you'll say you about never me. <laughs> <laughs> talking. Uh, there was a show on such and such a date you didn't do you're supposed to deliver 112 shows a year you only delivered 111 okay so this is the guy that for a year and a half promoted eh, eh, and talked about satellite before he went to satellite but he's the most honest guy and then got sued and should have i don't know why they fucking dropped that lawsuit they would have had him they les moonves should have fucking went after him yeah go ahead i should have stayed after him Okay, so this day happened last March, a year mm -hmm. ago. Yep. He had nine months to make it up. Bowie counts the days. Bowie schedules all these days for him. He knows exactly what he's doing. He tried to skate away That's and exactly welch right. on the contract. And he had nine months. So it wasn't like they couldn't just throw in a Thursday show or stay an extra day into Christmas or something like that. Nope. Right. They fucking tried to lie and get through it and they got called out in the contract and yay jennifer witz good for you yep. 
And he absolutely could have just done an extra half hour every day. Um, but like made it like they could just cut the last half hour and then made a show, like cut and pasted a show if he didn't want to come in an extra day. There's lots of ways around it for fuck's sake. Uh, or he could have done a show of two interviews and scheduled them. No, he's just, yeah, he tried to get away with it. Absolutely. Oh. And then they said, but it's okay. They were going to let it ride. Let it go. We'll let it ride. I was so shocked. I said, I, could you explain to me how I only performed 111 shows instead of the 112 that we're contracted for? And uh, there was a lot of conversation back and forth. And then I got the answer from my agent who said, well, what seems. So your agent did the fucking talking. You didn't once again. Like, so this is all being relayed to him again. He can't be the one on one, which is not uncommon in show business. The agent usually deals with this shit, especially if he's fucked up. Uh, and that's also that is a fuck up that's on Don as well. Or right, whoever exactly. his agent, like his daughter, or whoever's responsible for him now to handle King Baby. But if he's really responsible, he knows he's missed a fucking show and he knows he has to make it up. No one who's that OCD misses a show and doesn't know they did. Correct. There's it's, just no way. It's just total laziness on his part. That's right. all it is. Right. If it was an act of God, if it was an act of God, like, okay, a snowstorm came in and the power was out, whatever. Okay. I mean, who doesn't understand that? Even when you've got no, almost no work ethic and you've got so few shows a year to do. But (laughs) it's funny when he admits that you were supposed to deliver 112 shows. It's like, it's almost (laughs) like going to bulk barn and measuring how much cheese you need by the ounce. <laughs> like going to the deli and asking how much meat to the meat slicer. This is how many shows we want from you. On such and such a date, you called off the show. I said I did, so I went back. I, I looked through. Uh, you know, I talked to people. Yo, so what happened? Right? I looked through. I talked to people. Can you find the show on that day? <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> did he look through his notebook of ideas? What a fucking bullshitter. Exactly. Records. <laughs> what happened was. It was right in March, probably about March, uh, somewhere between the 8th or the 11th, somewhere in that time frame where COVID was going on. Yes. It was right at the beginning where you started, you'd heard about a pandemic and this and that. And then all of a sudden it hit you and went, oh, fuck, this thing's serious. So it was a Tuesday. It was a month, a mo- well, more than a month into the fucking thing. And then you decide it's a pandemic. I got to take I got to go home. It's funny. So anyway, let's keep going. There's only a little bit more of this clip. And uh, we were supposed to do a show on Wednesday. And I think what happened was we were completely in confusion. Should we go to the studio? Should we not go to the studio? Well, anyway, we were all set to come in. And then everyone said it was really dangerous. This was a once in a lifetime pandemic occurred. Some people wanted to come in. I was getting nervous to come in because they were saying at that point. (laughs) Jennifer Witt said, Howard, can I count on you? (laughs) he totally he totally championed to be shut down and sent home i guarantee it oh oh, yeah this this was a wiggy mandate we've got to get out of here yeah because you know panicky fucking ass oh yeah and if anything to keep him from going to work he really doesn't care about work anymore he just doesn't want to admit it and when he does do the odd oh you know i'd be happy being at home no he'd be happy um, doing as little work as possible. And that's always been his way. So the less work as he gets older, it's just even less and less he wants to have to do. So, so when we say also, incidentally, 
scripted. Now we really do think it is scripted. Like there are certain things he absolutely has written out in front of him, not just the plan or the layout of the day, but like the, the schedule for the day, but absolute bits definitely are, are 100% written out for him. I, I, I believe it a hundred percent. I agree. Totally. Yeah. We knew nothing. Somebody breathes on you. You're going to fucking drop dead. It was Wednesday, March 11th. That was the day 2020. And <laughs> also known as uh, 2011. Okay, so 2020, 2020, how do we call that? 311. That's what, that was a line that I already used on Eric the Midget. Your yeah. birthday's 311. <laughs> do your parents call that 311? Uh, okay, number two, wig whining. This day off that I had was just a complete fucking washout. There was I no day off. They told us to stay home. We were told to stay home, that it was too dangerous. We have to come up with a new plan. And I was kind of like, oh, Jesus, I, I wish I had a microphone at home. Maybe I could do something. <laughs> it was chaos. chaos. <laughs> and, you know, everyone was turning to me for answers. Like, I know anything. I had to throw down my paintbrush and get back on the fucking saddle. Thing. Like, I'm Chris Harrison, and he's going to lecture on race. <laughs> I, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't want to die from some fucking virus. So, like a pussy. Okay, so there's that clip. The next one is Wig is the Most Honest Man, which, God, this is a theme. Yeah. Well, anyway, so when I heard, I was told that uh, we missed a day off. You know the martyr I am. I go, well, <laughs> it was a worldwide plague, and I really wasn't doing anything surreptitious. No one knew what to do, and I just assumed this was hardly a day off. It was actually the busiest day of my life trying to figure out, scramble to figure out how to do the show. I said, but listen, since there's a new Let's. contract. Okay, since there's new contract. This is interesting. This I'm glad you really grabbed this because it, it gives us a little insight into, well, the new CEO and um, how they're, you know, they're holding him to the letter of the law, which is actually, you don't get to hear that behind the scenes stuff very much anymore. So uh, that's cool. I will make up the show. I will come into work. Instead of taking the day off, and I picked President's Day, I will come in on President's <laughs> Day and do a trooper. makeup show. <laughs> because I don't want anyone to think that I'm a dishonest human being. But I'm trying to get away with it. <laughs> so well, that's, here we are. Uh, uh, the only reason I know. Sorry, that's a re that's a re hit on it's my my bad guys. I laughed too hard and I hit the mouse. Yes. <laughs> what a dickwad. He yeah. just keeps pounding it into our heads that he's the most honest man. Nobody's fucking believing that anymore. And if they are, just oh. get, get, just stop. Okay. Yeah. Just, yeah. he's not, he, he's the opposite of that. Like, why, why do fans continually <laughs> defend him? I just don't understand. It's it hurts. <laughs> it really hurts. Like, I can't even read that shit. I just have to like click X and X out. I can't Almost. look at it. That stupid, that suit, that super fan group is really, it's like a collective of, it's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> guys, okay. please. Yeah, he, he's married, guys. He's straight. Uh, number four, wig pissing on his fans. You thought for a minute we were with you because we love you and we can't bear to be away from you <laughs> and we never want to miss a show. It has nothing to do with that. I hate to break the news to you. I'm always going to be up front with you. Today we is the bonus show. a show. <laughs> and I said, I do not want to be beholden to anyone. I'm an honest man. If I owe you a show, stop Boom. saying it. It will be made up. 
I never, I never <laughs> kept someone's job from them. I never, <laughs> I never banned anybody. I never, there's no such thing as a red list. I never got a nose job. You want to count the lies? It like, it'll, I, it'll look like in your Britannica. I never said the N word. I yeah. was never in blackface. I never was a racist. I That's never right. paid Daniel Carver 25 G's to come on and pick uh, ethnicities and rank them in order right. of gross to less gross. Right. I didn't say ching chung, ching chung. That was Sal who was racist, not me. <laughs> so we're working an extra day this year? That's right. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> work. When they call it work, I just fucking laugh. So the next one is called Wig Losing Negotiations and Staff. That must have been like a like a moment in the negotiation they thought they were losing something to bring that up. Well, really? you know, I could have said, which I didn't. One of our guys, Will, got COVID a few days later. My entire staff could have been wiped out. He had COVID. So, wow. you know, you know, I was trying to, I wasn't trying to get out of the show. I was up that morning. I was ready to come in. You know? Yep. Did you hear Robin say that you must have been at a low point in your negotiations that they brought this up <laughs> and shoved it in your fucking face? That was great. Yeah, asshole. They, oh, they, this was their ace in the hole that they were holding, like ready to just slam it on the table the minute he asked for too much money. It was like, look, you couldn't even do the right amount of shows last year. Yeah. You had nine more months to make up the show and you knew it and you didn't do it. Right. So, yeah, I don't know that we can count on you for next year to do the number of shows that we're asking. Or the other thing with this clip that is great is that Will had COVID. Right after they stopped. So I think there was talk amongst the staff and that that's again why Wiggy mandated that they go shut down and go home Yeah, because it was known that Will knew people that were sick. His wife got sick before him. That's correct. And then he got sick. So it must have been known on the staff that like Will's wife had COVID mm -hmm. or got tested. But the thing about testing back then was you didn't get results right away. Like no. now you can get results in 15, 20 minutes. Back then, you had to wait a couple days, whether it was that's, two, three, five, seven days. It right. took a while. Yeah. But I really, really think like his wife had symptoms. They were all in a panic mode back then. And it was just settling into our culture of the, the ramifications of getting sick with COVID. Mm -hmm. And as someone like, you know, I, I went through it. I yep. didn't want to believe I had it at first until I got tested. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And it's just one of those things. You just got to suck it up and deal with it. But yeah. you don't know. Different people react differently. And that was that that still is part of the fear that we have because everybody's mm -hmm. coming from a different health background. That's correct. And you can and be, we all know. It's, yeah, it's the asymptomatic people that, uh, you know, don't even that have no idea that and it's not an anti-mask or a with or for or against. It doesn't matter if you're asymptomatic and you're spreading and you have no idea. How much harm are you causing? So you should always be willing to give yourself up for it to be tested. Uh, yeah. At this point, what I'm thinking is King King Baby Veal yeah. himself was trying to get the show at home long before that date. As Most soon likely. as he heard that this was going to happen, and they know in New York City how close people are and how easy that something like that would spread, yep. they had to have known. And this was probably the soonest that he could get shit shut down. Yeah. So, well, when we, I, there's funny, it's funny that the, the, you talk about the, um, the time lapse between, uh, testing and get the results. Uh, you said it took you three days at that time. 
back then, yeah. yeah. They didn't yeah. have the, the 15 to know. So 15 to know is like a rapid test. Yeah. That gives you results uh, via text or email. Yeah. About 15 minutes after you take it. I know right. because I had two of them and my son had two of them because yep. we had close encounters with people that were positive. So we had to mm -hmm. keep getting checked out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, that happened later on in the, into, I want to say the summer and the fall, mm -hmm. but back in March, we didn't have that. All we had was like local testing that was set up by the County and you had to schedule. And usually if you tried to schedule, which we even looked at was all booked up. It was like yeah. days. You might have to wait like a week just to yeah. get an appointment if you were sick then. Mm -hmm. So yeah, things were not set up really well back in March. Well, it was all too new. See, in February, when I went into the hospital with my wife, I was there to take care of her for that for the two weeks. And um, we both had to get COVID tested on the Wednesday. She was admitted on the Friday. That day, like the Wednesday when we went in, we were just told, come in, get COVID tested because you can't be in the hospital without, you know, getting one of these tests. They're just not going to let you in. They have to wait until you're, you know able to not infect other people if you're if you test positive and so the, the instantly they gave us there's like you said the right away test which was um like okay we don't think you have it but just wait for the 24-hour results or the one within a net within a day and sure enough that night or within 18 hours we got a text message saying we're negative but try to stay indoors anyway because you don't want to get it in between that time right you know, before you go to the hospital so anyway so with wig in terms of uh this turnaround i know if i'm i'm certain with will getting caught like will getting having it he was fucking you know he must have been nuts he probably didn't sleep that day yeah yeah so it let's had one way on it it had to weigh on his mind. Totally. I think so. Yeah, on his 79 wind. Wig has a huge hole. Play one more clip, guys. Career. I swear to you, I never had ulterior motives. If I had an ulterior motive, I had this dream that I would be so valuable to a radio station that they would love me. I'm going to <laughs> confess to you something that a lot of people probably know already, and Robin certainly does. All I want to do is be loved. <laughs> there is such an <laughs> empty hole in my body from feeling neglected and not heard. What? <laughs> I've been lied to. <laughs> I've been made blue. <laughs> when will I be loved? <laughs> this, is a, this is a fucking great clip we'll finish this one guys and we'll we'll cut it off from there that the reason i mean i'm not a psychiatrist but i'll tell you the reason i'm on the radio my entire life since i'm like 19 <laughs> years old i want to be loved <laughs> he's completely <laughs> unlovable you've succeeded Rick. Yes. all right Bobby, guys i hope you enjoyed that Yes, we wanted to bookmark that with that particular clip. We're going to continue from clip seven onward to 27 for the day of the 15th. And we got lots more for you guys. So stay tuned. We'll get these out as fast as we can. Um, and thank you so much for tuning in to us. We love you. Any shout outs you want to give for this particular episode? Oh, yes, please. I um, decided I'm going to break them up into different shows. Um, okay. Hold on real quick. Uh, dun, dun. Carol Chalette Cheney. Yes. Down in New Orleans, I believe. Not Thank you so much for your great messages, your private messages, and your public posts. Um, you're a doll. And hang in there. Appreciate all you're doing. I wish I could do more for you. Uh, Mark Shab Shabsevich 
great, great job all around everything. You're posting like every day. We appreciate that. Also, um, Gordon Chupko or Isaac Lightfoot, whichever one you want to go by. <laughs> I want to thank you for being my partner in crime in the morning, along with a lot of other people, but sending me clips and messaging me things. He's an audio specialist. He has training in the audio world. So in broadcasting. And he has been sending me a lot of clips. I'm just not sure how they're going to play going forward in the future. But when, by the time we get up to uh, Tom Morello, yep. I should have that package put mm -hmm. together. Good. Um, Brendan Flaherty and uh, Brandy. Brandy <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. You are another person, another soul that just stays with me in the morning no matter what at all costs. And I love it. Bob Sisypho, you come up with some gems. You're there in the morning. Jeremy Shepard, when you're not in jail, I love having you around. You're like a brother <laughs> that I, I always wanted. We, Kayla, get him for con thanks. we get him for conjugal visits. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Kayla, you or uh, Kevin as your um, other name that we know you by. You're a doll too. Love you to death. Thank you so much for being here with me. Uh, Reggie Bowman, Chris Glenn. You guys, again, just great contributors. And um, we have a West Coaster. She's new. Christ Christina Haberkern. I hope yep. I said that right. Yep. Thank you. Even though you're posting on your West Coast time into our mm -hmm. live threads in the morning, yep. I totally appreciate it. It's all there. We check in throughout the day, even after the show's over. So keep up the great work. And, and thanks, thanks for also for that. Thank, I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. Thank you very much for sending that picture of, uh, she was in the studio with wig and, um, uh, she was, we were talking, cause I think the conversation at the time was about how tall he really is. And she was trying to give her, you know, her perspective on, well, this is what I was wearing, like in terms of heels. And this is what I, I know how tall I am. So he really is six, five or six, six or whatever, freakishly fucking tall. And that wig, okay. like, you, yeah, so <laughs> I don't know, but either way. Uh, perfect, but does that, perfect technique. Does that still account for the hunch that he's got that takes off like three inches of him? Well, the, no. So maybe if with the hunch, I imagine if he's if he's active, he's still fucking uh, Ted Cassidy. If he's Lurch uh, with <laughs> like right now, then maybe six seven. Who knows? I mean, he he really should be a power forward, but he's a power bottom <laughs> instead. So, um, <laughs> so oh, I, can I oh, just yeah, mention a couple more people, please, and okay. then I'll stop. Yeah. Also, I have a couple more people here. Dennis Demarco, you are such a sweet soul. I thank you so much for having the bravery to do the, the rich shows and always being there when I need someone to bounce ideas off of. Daniel Stellan, like I mentioned you earlier, you're our friend across the pond. Great job. I don't care how long your posts are. They're always full of great quality and quantity. So thank you. Keep up the great work. Harold T. Boston, I think you're posting probably once or twice every day. So thank you for your contributions and your great um, posts along the way. And the last one I have is Damon Giles. These are people who've been with us for a long time. Damon, you are a solid contributor and I really value you. And if you can make it to the live threads, great. If not, you know, we see you all the time. So thank you guys. And um, it's it's so much fun as always. So thank you. I hope this wasn't too long of a thank you. But I just really want to acknowledge people that put in the effort to help us with our cause. It means a lot. 
and we really love it. Thank you so much for tuning into this one, guys. We love you, and hope to see you on the next one. Hey, you know what? That picture of Diana DeGarmo and you was good. You can't see the rifle someone has on her. <laughs> yeah, whatever. They're out of the frame, huh? <laughs> good framing. All right, Eric. Uh, we'll let the record note that you, in fact, are not stalking Diana DeGarmo. We got it. <laughs>